What you got there? You got a Nature's Valley? Mm -mm. Oh, you got a chewy thicker. All right. Dark chocolate chunk. I like things chunky. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a granola bar. You, you have your, to have chunks. So, in you, the so I'm guessing bar. you don't like just a plain old vanilla soft serve from Dairy Queen or McDonald's. I appreciate it. Okay, so you don't have to have chunky ice cream. No, 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 no. So you can appreciate because that, because that is my that that I think is the pinnacle of ice cream. Soft serve from a machine, Dairy it's Queen. Not a pinnacle for me. I, I mean, I, I like it. I like that, it. That is as smooth as it can get. Yeah. And to me, smooth. that's what ice cream should be. Okay. But to you, you want ice cream to break your teeth. To me, soft serve is soft serve. It's not really ice cream. You're not wrong. It is. It is an illegal. It's a different its own. thing. Just like frozen yogurt. Like yeah. I like frozen yogurt for what it is, but it's not ice cream. You're right. You're right. You know. Yeah, I'll give you that. But really, any form of ice cream, I'm that's true. I'm, I'm not, on board. I'm not saying no to anything. <laughs> I won't turn anything. If down. you say, "Hey, would you like some ice cream?" I'm going to say yes, fully committing to whatever is coming my way. It's pretty rare. I, I don't know that I've turned down ice cream. Like. It would have to be something truly out there for me to not want. I will turn down orange sherbet. Really? It it, it it's. It, I'm sorry, but it, it's very phlegmy. Is it like that circus peanut? No, kind of no, vibe? it's just no. It just it makes my it throat very phlegmy. all yeah. Sort of like when you drink Gatorade and it gets like really phlegmy. Or, or like a bunch of Skittles, sweet tarts. Yeah, I, yeah. I just don't like that feeling. To I, me, I, I can appreciate. So that. I would say orange sherbet is probably the only one. What about rainbow. Yeah, sherbet in general kind of does I think that. It's sherbet. 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 I've said it wrong like my whole yeah. life, but my kids have um, corrected me. So yeah. So yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that. It's it's just a weird. It's not for everybody. It's a weird thing. It's almost like in a, in a league of its own. It is sherbet's its own thing. Yeah. Like it's so, not ice cream. So that I would it's say. Different. All right. Well, in that case, I don't think there's any ice cream I'd say no to. Cool. All right. We do need to find some butter ice cream though. Butter pecan minus the pecan. Yes. Butter ice cream. Yeah. I'm on board. I bet it exists. I'm okay. sure we'll find it. It exists. Pecanless butter pecan. I'll I'll Google that during this pancake and get it. you an answer. Yeah, I need to find it. <laughs> um, oh, we're recording. Yeah, let's maybe do this thing. Yeah. Look, <laughs> look, everybody's there. They're waiting for us. Welcome everybody to episode number one oh two of the Goulet Pancast. Where fountain pens are still a thing. I'm Brian Goulet. I'm Drew Brown. And we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. I think I almost did that whole thing from memory. How about that? Oh! 102 in. That's there cool. you go. I've done it like one other episode, maybe 80 something. I don't remember. In today's show, we're going to be talking about if threaded caps are definitively better than snap caps, maybe. There's a myth element to that. We'll get into it. The messiest pen messes that we've ever messed. We're going to be deep diving about the tip. We, I'm going to be deep diving about the tipping material on gold nib versus steel nibs. And why does it matter? And what is the deal? And then we're also going to talk about if we were the CEO of a major pen manufacturer, what would we do? for that company, for the pen community, whatever. Interesting question. And we're gonna spotlight one of the weirdest looking pens that we've ever seen. And we got turkey hammock nonsense towards the end. So that's what we got going on today. Let's start it off with some feedback, shall we? We shall. Okay, Timber J says. <laughs> You're like crazy Ira in the douche mode going oh, yeah. on here. Timber J says, I am on team pants year round coffee, no matter the temperature it is. Nope. Hot coffee. 
So Timber J agrees with me. Hot coffee year round, pants year round. I'm hot coffee year round. I'm on board with that. There we go. Despite my warm nature, I still want hot coffee. However, (laughs) there's a caveat. This does not mean Drew is making good decisions, (laughs) just that he's not the only one making them. Mm. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Solidarity. P.S. The original, original Pancake House, OPH, is in Portland, Oregon. Mm. Take note for when you come out for the Pacific Northwest Pen Show next year, eh? Spoken like a true northerner. We'll see. All right. Uh, Grim Rainbow. All right. Says, I think Sailor Ink Studio 173 should be renamed as Flamingo Creamsicle. Hey. Instead of Pinko Range, which was mine. I like Flamingo Creamsicle. It's good. Also, someone said, instead of Pinko Range, why not just Oink? Instead of Orange and Pink together. Oink. I like Both that. of these things are better than Pinko Range. There you so go. So I'm, I'm officially... You step up your uh, game, Drew. Yeah, you know, I, you know, <laughs> it's just not, it's no rain. rain You're being enhanced. You're being enhanced by the Yeah, exactly, here. exactly. But no, uh, Flamingo Creamsicle, fantastic. That's pretty good. Yeah, we're going to adopt that one. And then our friend Kasek uh, said to our viewers in the comment section, survey time, fellow PenCast viewers, what hobbies do you have that are more Drew style? AKA, you've gone down the rabbit hole, gotten the precise item you want, and don't feel the need to collect. And what hobbies do you have that are Brian style? You've got a full-on collection you're still adding to, and uh, you're going to make a whole network of new rabbit holes. <laughs> because I'm betting some of us have one of each. Um, mm. In this case, K-Sex says, like, you know, for the Drew style, you know, there's pocket knives, there's a mechanical keyboard, film cameras. You know, there were, there were a few acquired, mm-hmm. and, and, and they're done. You cut yourself off, yeah. And then there's uh, K-Sex has some Brian-style hobbies, which are uh, crystals and mineral specimens. Those are just going to keep on getting accumulated, mm. fabric, sewing supplies, and, of course, fountain pens. So, mm. you know, it leaves me to wonder, Brian, um, what are some, you know, Drew, quote-unquote, I mean, we both have ones from both camps, obviously. Oh, for sure. Um, like, uh, so am I more like Drew style? Yeah, have you ever, like, 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 a, like a tool, for example, like you knew what tool you wanted, you found it, and you're good. You're not going to need another one. Or are you just like, no, there I've were definitely always... definitely had that. I've been like that be with, uh, yeah, like cycling. Road, road biking. Oh, right. Yeah. So like I, I got really into it. Mm-hmm. I did it for exercise purposes, got a, a couple of nice bikes and then stopped. I didn't become like a bike racing fan. I didn't become like a gearhead. There you go. I got the equipment I needed. I have what I need now to cycle whenever I want. And that's kind of it. There so, you go. And uh, watches too. I started yeah. getting into some watches and I was like, this hobby is just too... Too much. Yeah. Too much for me to take on. So I have some watches that I like to wear. I'm really not a fan of them. I don't watch YouTube videos about them. Cut myself off. I wanted nice watches. Got some. That's it. Yep. And for me, my you know never-ending acquisition hobby is definitely retro video game cartridges. Yeah. That's never going to end. That's like me with tools. Yeah. Like I will never not be interested in tools. Same. Doesn't matter how many I have. Doesn't matter what I'm doing. I have slowed, though, because I've gotten all of the easily accessible ones and affordable ones oh, so yeah. now most of the ones that i haven't gotten are ones that i'm like don't feel super strongly about or ones that are too far out of my price range so yeah see that but not, that doesn't mean i've stopped see me with like tools they make tools all the time like they don't really stop making tools necessarily yeah it's not like i'm collecting rare vintage tools though you can that's a whole thing that people get into like restoring hand planes and oh yeah vintage tools and stuff that's a whole thing I'm not into that, but yeah, there will always be a new tool for sure. But like video games, even hammer technology is continuing to increase. I have a lot of hammers. (laughs) I'm sure I have a lot of hammers because you can almost never have too many hammers. I mean, you can't have too many. You can definitely have too many hammers. I have 
I have too many hammers. I can say that. <laughs> I'm, I must have at least 20 hammers. Why? At least 20 hammers. Probably way more than that. <laughs> there's all different types. There's sledgehammers. There's okay. like ball-peen hammers. There's all different sizes and weights and stuff like that. Why, why do you need the lumpy ball-peen hammer, though? Like, what is the... For metalworking. To, like, shape it? Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, you, you got, like, that. a piece of metal that's, like, dented on the inside, and you're trying to, like, okay. get the dent out. You can kind of bang right. the back of it and stuff like that. All right, that. so how many, like, other than sledgehammers, like, how many just regular single-handle... Like, single-handed hammers? Hammers do you have? Probably at least 20, yeah. Do you have them all in the same place? No. I have some, like... That I keep like you know in the shed. You think if you did, you think if you did have them all on the row, you'd feel ashamed of yourself. I would feel ashamed. I'd be like, "This is a lot of hammers." <laughs> I'm like that with like to me, hammers are not like such a nice tool that like, right. Yeah, you're like, oh, I better think twice about buying another. Like, I'm sure most of them were under twenty dollars, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah there easily, you go. That's easily. not that's not bad at all. Yeah, it's like scissors or like sharpies or whatever. It's like. I don't ever want to have to go searching for those. Yeah. So, especially because my friggin' kids take them and just, you know, you know how it goes. Scissors? Oh, yeah. Scissors and Sharpies and all those things. So yeah. I'm like, we'll just own 30 pairs of scissors. Yeah. And then no matter what happens, there will always be scissors somewhere. That's like me and Chapstick. Yeah. It needs to be Same everywhere. Uh, chapstick, sunglasses. Mm-hmm. These are all things that I acquire. Many Ricola drops. Many inexpensive things, yes, and then they expire. But, you know. Okay, let's anyway, go on with the. What are we doing? Oh, yeah, we're doing a yeah. pencast. Where are we? Okay. Uh, that was yours. Okay. It's my turn. Um, okay. Born to be bong. A handshake is available upon request. There's a severance reference for Brian. Thank you. You can work that in somewhere. Thank you, man. I have a handshake. Yeah. I can work that. Yeah. Handshake. I'll try to, I'll try to work in some severance. Yeah. Things. Like whenever, whenever someone like, you know, whenever you do something for somebody or they do something, you know, worthy of recognition you can yeah, say so a handshake, handshake is, available. is available upon request yeah I like that i like that a lot there we go i feel seen uh it's me Lori says the points about italian pens is referring to last episode uh where i compared italian japanese and german pens um the points about italian pens are interesting must increase their cost base to switch out production lines with new models that may or may not work or be popular Absolutely. Uh, makes me appreciate them a bit more. I've always acquired, admired how ornate and beautiful they are, but I've always hesitated because QC issues make it harder to justify spending the money. It's like anything else, anything handmade, anything where there's a lot of, you know, small batch, there's more variation. Yeah. There's more just unknown elements, especially if they're trying new techniques and things like that that haven't really been done on pens. There's always risk with that, mm-hmm. but they're willing to take those risks and I'm glad that they do. Um, and the cataclystical says, good job, which is, of course, a Homestar runner reference, which I love. Um, and then Fiddle Twist says, I have to agree with Brian about not finding anything to buy at home decor stores. I laughed so hard. I think I should just hang up hammers around my house because I get the home decor. There I could go, go with tools. Look like a Cracker Barrel. It would, yeah, Cracker Barrel or like <laughs> TGI Fridays or something. Right. You know, I all, all kinds of random stuff. Yeah. Actually, I've got like Lego Technics and puzzles and stuff like that kind of strewn about the house. We kind of do have a a little bit of that aesthetic. Not quite the like... Just not on purpose. Like framed items like up on the ceiling and stuff like that. But yeah, it's kind of by default that ends up happening. All right. And then... Uh, We also um, got a lot of uh, people that mentioned, you know, either yes, Emerald of Shavor, great teal, marine, great teal. Oh, I need to try marine. I don't know why I haven't tried marine. A lot lot of conversation about our teal discussion as well oh, yeah you won't uh you won't regret it yeah yeah 
All right, and then we got an extra little thing in here. You still want to do this, Drew? Yeah, speaking thing? of teal inks. Okay, so we're sneaking this here in the beginning because this is the first time we're doing this. Drew wants to try this more, so we'll see how it goes. But basically, we talked about some teal inks and Emerald of Shavor. And uh, what we're going to try doing for you loyal PenCast listeners, we're not going to put this in the description, the video description. We're not going to post this anywhere just for you listening and watching. Um, in your next order that you place with us, if you're going to be placing an order in the next week, it's going to be a timed element, uh, we will give you a free ink sample of Emerald of Shavor so you can try it out. So what you'll need to do is add a sample of Emerald of Shavor to your order. Type in free chicken, all caps. So F-R-E-E-C-H-I-C-K-E-N into the coupon code and it'll zero out the cost. And then you can just do that. So it's only for the next week. You need to be purchasing at least one other item too, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. There needs to be something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. With your purchase, free with purchase. Yeah. There you go. But you know, it's just something we'd like to do to thank you for sticking with us and listening yeah. to our deviation about whatever random stuff we've yeah. already talked about today. Yep. Um, and it's just a little thing. Like, well, maybe if this works out. Don't and, go out of your way to do it, but if you happen to be yeah, placing an order just anyway, just throw it in there. Exactly. If you're already doing yeah. it. And if it works well, maybe we can do it every week. We'll see. But um, we're well, definitely doing it right now. So Drew, um, Drew wants to like sneak it in to just like random spots throughout the pen cast. Yeah. That way you really loyal people will be able to pick up on these things. So man, we'll play around with this idea. It'll be up for a week. A week, yeah. Um, so if you're watching this more than a week from now, then know that the cutoff is going to be 11.59 p.m. Eastern time on Friday, September 1st, 2023. So do it before so then. Basically, basically, if you you know, episode 103 is out, just ignore this. Yeah, you've, you've missed it. Yeah. Anyway, but watch episode on. 103 because there might be a new one. There might be. We'll see how logistically nightmarish this one ends up yes. going. But I think it'll be fine. So, And if you want this to that. keep happening, don't complain to customer care about it if it leaks or something like that. Because yeah. if they complain to me, then we'll have to stop doing it. And I don't want to hear that. So That's right. Just if Unless it le- we want to troll them. If it, you know, if it leaks, be just be sad about it for a little while and move on. <laughs> yeah. But so, it was free. So chill. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right. Um, that's it for feedback. Let's talk about some new stuff. New stuff. All right. Your new stuff isn't here yet, but... I got a new thing. I still think it's worth talking about. Heck yeah. Well, I love the Twisby Eco. Mm-hmm. And I love Blue. Mm-hmm. They're coming out with a new Blue Twisby Eco. Oh, yeah. Which I'm pumped about. A so, lot of people are pumped about this, Brian. Yeah, because it looks awesome. It really does. So it's a Twisby Eco Indigo Blue. It's going to be here, what, August 30th? Maybe? Yeah, no, that's the official. That's the official date. Yeah, okay. That's where everybody everybody's launching it on the same day. Okay, so it's on our website, August thirtieth. Sweet. So and it's like uh, it's it's like a navy and bronze. It's a gorgeous color yeah. combination. Looks really good. So yeah. it's not often they've done like some rose gold trims, but I don't think they've ever done a bronze. It's like trim. a darker rose gold. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks very similar, but it should. I don't know what I'm curious. We haven't seen this pen in person yet, but I'm be curious if it's like, you know, got some kind of coating on it, or will it like patina you know what we I mean? shall see I hope, i'm sure someone's gonna be keeping one I hope it, oh for sure i'm keeping yeah. one i keep every eco that comes out at this point it's like in that price range where it's like i don't even care if it just looks like baby you know doo-doo <laughs> i'm gonna get one of that because it's just baby eco. yeah i was gonna say something else that <laughs> would not be appropriate try to keep oh, it no no no, no doo-doo is great doo-doo that's thank right. you for the same ba- doo-doo. baby doo-doo <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing this much. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, but it's going to be what? What's the price on that? It's going to fifty dollars, sixty dollars, I think. Sixty. It's more than normal. It's it's more than normal, but I think I'll put the link in there. It's like in the range of the rose gold trimmed egos. 
So yep. I'll verify, but you can keep going. Sure. Um, all, already available right now are two new Visconti Opera Master pens in Stargazer, and Firestorm. Both of these resins were produced by the Carolina Pen Company's Jonathan Brooks, who makes phenomenal resins, as you very well may know. Uh, Firestorm is a uh, blacky, bronzy, ready, and Stargazer is a greenish, sparkly, blacky thing going on. Both are lovely, and both are $956. What did you come to as far I as just, conclusions? I pulled, I've had a reaction. Yeah. I pulled up and I was it looking gives you, at it the makes you, and I was It like, makes you feel Ooh. something. Oh, this looks good. Right? Uh, $49.99. $49.99. So there you go. $50, which is a lot. It's, it's a little more than average for an eco, but. But it's a stunner. I am H O. It's a stunner. I'm. I, I, I can't say I'm worried about selling out, but I did want to go ahead and mention this now before it launches in case you did want to sign up for the notification list, uh, in which yeah. case we would email you as soon as it enters into our stock. Indeed. I think it's going to be a popular one. Okay. Um, and I also, I just wanted to say that um, before next pencast, we will have launched a new Retro 51 pen. We will. And that's all I'm going to say. I will also say that it's really awesome. Did you maybe have a hand in designing? I will also say that if you like it, yes, I did have a heavy hand in its design. If you didn't like it, it was all Brian's fault. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because he said yes to it. He allowed it to happen. So you can blame him and give me credit. Fair enough. You know, if, 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 if it sucks, then you can blame him for just not controlling his employees properly and giving them too much freedom. Yeah. So <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> but no, I'm very very excited about it and uh, you know, I'm I'm It looks good. Yeah. I good. think it's one of the best I've ever seen. Not not Whoa. subjectively. Whoa. If this if anybody was selling this, any of our competitors were selling this, I would absolutely you buy would this pen. Yeah, I would 100% buy without yeah. question buy this pen. Yeah. Yeah, you would. 100%. There you go. But that's it. We're just going to tease that and then let you Think about that for the next week. It'll be available early next week. Stay tuned. Yeah. Not sure of the day, but we'll yeah. figure it out. All right. You ready for Q&A? I am so ready for Q&A. Let's Q&A. S. Gareth. Coming to us in the first question of this week with, I have been told that if a fountain pen can be opened with one hand, its cap isn't doing its job. My two Platinum Preppies and one Placier can all be opened with one hand, but I have no true problems with ink drying out, probably because of the slip and seal cap. Do other pens have this problem, or is this just a myth that a fountain pen hater invented? Have you heard of this myth before? Mm, That if you can open a pen with one hand, that it's not doing its job, the cap? I have not heard this. I've never heard this specifically, but I can see it. I can see it being said by someone who's just saying that basically threaded threaded caps are better are better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's interesting reading Gareth's question here, you're talking about Gareth, you're talking about the ink sealing on the cap. I wonder if that's even the nature of this adage, if you will, I think it has more to do with like the long-term nature of the pen capping, like, like the, security, the security of the capping. Not so much the ceiling. That's what that's what I because I've I've read or heard from people who are more like, you know, vintage focused. You know, which if you're more vintage focused, you would maybe have more of an opinion about the things that hold up over time, mm-hmm. right? Um, I can see there being stronger opinions about threaded caps. 
for their longevity. Like having a mechanical closure on a cap as opposed to like a friction fit or like a pressure fit like you would have with a snap cap. You know, theoretically, if you have a snap cap, there's like plastic components that might be like bending or stretching or whatever that over time could wear out. Or there's like metal pressure bars in there that could wear out over time. Whereas if you have threads, it's much harder for those to wear out over time. So, but I've never heard of the threaded versus snap cap argument necessarily in relation to how well it seals like the ink around the nib. I've definitely heard that criticism before. You've heard of that? Like oh. as a universal criticism for like styles? I've heard it like on individual pens. Yeah, I've heard that overall snap caps seal not as not well as, well as, as thread caps. caps. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a pretty common criticism. I, I don't really think that that holds true. I agree. Myself. I agree. I'm just saying I've heard it. Okay. I think it is a uh, supposition. I think that uh, people just, you know, jump to that conclusion because... Hmm. Fountain pens traditionally do have threaded caps, and traditionally the more pricey pens yes are. Yes, no. I mean, there's some like really popular fountain pens. There's some pl- pl- plenty of vintage pens that have snap yeah, caps like too. The Parker Fifty One, yeah. was not a threaded. So cap. I don't yeah. know. No, I don't. Either way, let, let's just get to the point of the uh, question though about okay. like, whether or not they are actually beneficial. Like, okay, is there is there like is there like uh, his preppies, you know? Okay, so I would say I personally don't really agree with it as a blanket statement. No. I don't think that, especially in regards to the sealing of the nib, like your preppy and plazier are good examples. And we can think of other really great sealing snap caps too, like the Lamy Two Thousand. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So I definitely don't think that that that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Totally disagree with that adage altogether, more or less. Yeah. Um, except for maybe the durability thing. I like think that there might be a correlation between uh, more affordable, mass-produced pens, fountain pens included, mm-hmm. that don't have a threaded cap because they're easier to operate. And just because there's a correlation between price and like quick accessibility, <laughs> yeah. there might be... Some it's more of like correlation than causation. Exactly. So like because snap caps may be more mass producible, mm-hmm. that they tend to be used on less expensive pens, which may inherently not seal as well. That's where I'm going. Yeah. Maybe, but it's not a universal thing. Like no. the preppy, if you put the money into it, you can make a snap cap seal perfectly. Sure. Not like, the money, but like the, you know the focus in production. Sure. Sure. So yeah, and and Gareth, you mentioned the slip and seal. I got a. I got to nuance that a little bit because technically the slip and seal is not on the preppy and the plazier. What is the difference between slip and seal and so the just a spring-loaded and, cap? Yeah, so you have like a spring-loaded like inner cap seal on the preppy and the plazier, mm-hmm. but it's just like pressure fit. So you snap it in place. And it just goes up against, you know, it, it makes yeah, up there pretty well. Yeah, there's, there's a cup and, and then there's a spring that pretty well. makes the cup kind of bounce up and down. So the slip and seal is on the 3776 Century. That's where they first introduced it 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So they have that, you know, and they'll use that language specifically, slip and seal, on the pens that have it. So it's effectively doing the same thing. But what's the difference? The difference is if you look at the, especially if you have like a a clear like demonstrator, like a limited edition version of the 3776, you can see that as you're twisting it, because it's a screw thread, as you're twisting it, it sort of like twists into 
that inner seal. And it just does for however it's designed. It's like a very specific patent that they came up with mm-hmm. that seals it like better. So is the, is it it's basically a, just a threaded version of? More or less. Okay. So slip yeah. and seal is just the same thing that the preppy it's and the like, placier have. It's like just locking threaded. it in more intentionally, I guess. I don't know. There's probably like small technical details that oh, okay. make it that, but it's a, it's a super technicality. It's, effect, so it's, just, so it's, it's effectively just a, doing the it's same thing. It's like a terminology thing. thing. Yeah. But, okay. but the slip and so I, I, the reason I like talk about it a little bit is because in their language of the slip and seal, that's where they talk about pens not drying out for like two plus years. Mm-hmm. So they, I don't think they would say that about a preppy or a plazier. You know what I mean? So they really tout the slip and seal as being like that, that, that long of a cap ceiling. Um, but the preppy and plazier will. The technology behind also, them is the same though. It's, it's, it's a spring loaded cup. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you'll also and see that. Different, slightly different. How is it slightly different though? It's just, you mean it's just the twist instead of the push? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so like the, the twist... design of like the, the design of it is somehow slightly different. But we don't know what that is. Well, it's like a patented thing and it's, you know. Okay. All right. I don't know all the like technical specifications. Yeah. I, don't, I couldn't tell you. If someone asked me like, why is this slip and seal and this not, I would not have an answer. Yeah. It's. Because like, um, uh, Esterbrook has a very similar mechanism on their Estes. Yeah, their you know, cushion cushion cap, right? And that is effectively effectively the same thing as the slip and seal, right? You twist it into position, and there's a spring loaded inner cap. That in, in principle, but, it's similar, but yeah. it's not exactly the same. How's that? Yeah. But I mean, are we just talking terminology, or there is actually a technical difference, or do you think it's just like they got the patent, so they can call it that? We don't know. We're getting outside okay. of my true so area of expertise the, from like a technical manufacturer. The Estabrook has that technology and the Visconti Homo sapiens also have it. Mm-hmm. So anything with Visconti's hook safe lock is also operating with a spring loaded inner cap in the same way that, you know, mm-hmm. operationally the same way that the sure. 3776 does. Yeah. And I'm sure there's other pens. Yeah. Too I'm trying to think of that. any more that I have that. I know there's others I'm not recalling. I mean, there's plenty of them that have cap inserts yeah but know, like the spring-loaded ones the spring-loaded cap inserts yeah there's definitely others but i can't recall off the yeah top and of I th- and then there's the uh profonte you know mm-hmm. they have it as well in that one does, i don't yeah. know if they have it on the uh what's that metal pen that um platinum has uh not not the placier there's the one above that yes oh right what is that thing I'm visualizing it. It's a, is it another right P word? Now. Procyon. Yeah. Procyon. Procyon. Yes. Does that have it? Yeah. It does. Okay. Yeah. So all those. It's got an insert. But it's yeah. got the pushy one. No, no. That one is a threaded one. That's a threaded cap. Yeah. But so is that not a slip and seal? I don't think so. Ah! Somebody tell us. I don't know. <laughs> Platinum. I don't know. If you're listening. <laughs> They're not listening. <laughs> They're not listening to this nonsense. Oh, man. I don't know. I'll try and do some homework. But either way, the preppy does hold a seal incredibly well like absolutely so yeah the preppy is a great uh testament to how even an affordably priced snap cap can do the job and do the job really well yeah for sure i would say there's certainly criticisms that could be made in general about snap caps largely it's a preference thing i think yeah definitely snap caps have maybe a tendency to correlate more with not sealing cap as well perhaps it could be argued, but it's super nuanced. And then in terms of like durability and being able to like carry it around without it coming out, it's going to be more inclined to do that than a 
threaded cap wood, but I carry all types of pens all the time and I definitely don't treat them with kid gloves. Yeah, you're, you're, and I don't really have problems. Your traveler's pen doesn't dry out. You've never complained about that one drying no, out. No, and it's never. E95S works on. great. Yeah. Um, I will say that some snap caps, like I would say Safari's, you know, dr- will dry out sooner than a preppy would, in my experience. But it's yeah, not maybe. like it's not like they dry out over a weekend or anything. Right. So yeah, I would say that most of the time snap caps are just fine. But if you really wanted long term, more often than not, a threaded cap is going to last yeah. a little bit longer. But there's plenty of like screw caps that have drying out 100%. issues as well. Oh yeah, it's not like they're all better. Like there's there's a lot of nuances to this, but tons. And I think I've. I think we've already exceeded where my knowledge is. Yeah, well, overall, we I think we can move say, it along. <laughs> all we, we can definitely say that it is indeed a myth that a fountain pen hater invented. <laughs> Maybe not a fountain pen hater, so. but somebody that... A, a snap cap hater. Yeah, a snap cap hater. All right, next question. Drew. You. John asks, dear Brian and Drew, okay, have, excuse me, have either of you or anyone you know ever unscrewed the nib section of the Lamy 2000 only to make a big mess. What are some of the messiest messes that you've ever made? P.S. Asking for a friend. Ooh, sorry for your friend. Messiest messes. I have taken the grip section off of a 2000 many times yeah. and oftentimes with an inked up pen. Sure. And I've never, my, never. I got my fingers all inky. Yeah, I've never made a mess at all. Like, I feel like unless you're holding it down, even then, I don't think the ink's going to just like pour right out because it's kind of like that. Like a you know the straw with yeah, one end. Yeah, it's like the the surface tension. Yeah, it's keep not gonna. There. So I haven't actually made a huge. I've never had like a blob of ink come out. No, while my two thousand cleaning experience. I will say one thing that does happen with with this has happened more than once with my two thousand mm-hmm. disassembly and cleaning situation is when I'm emptying out um, ink. If I don't exhaust the capacity of the pen entirely, and okay. I just want I'm just done with the ink, I'm like, yeah, forget it. As I'm ejecting the ink, if I put a little bit too much oomph behind my twist, mm-hmm. the ink will fly out of that little hole. The little filler, up, filler yeah, hole, yeah. That I, that I have multiple times underestimated the velocity of how that thing can eject. You must ink. just really go hard on that thing. My 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 piston is a very easy and very smooth piston. Yeah, there's like no resistance on my personal 2000. That okay. that thing is well. Well, well loved. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I have I have just shot ink right out of there, like onto wow. myself, onto the oh my counter. Gosh. Oh yeah, I've never done that. Well, I just I mean I've shot ink out, but it's usually I, been like while I just, I'm cleaning. It I over forget a about sink it. I forget about it because mm. every other pen the ink goes like that way. Yeah. But with the two thousand, it's got that hole, so mm-hmm. it just doof, goes right out the side, and I'm not yeah. ready for it. Yeah. Like I'm 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 ready. I'm holding it over the sink, so I'm ready for ink to go into it. But I always forget about that hole. Mm. Not ready for it to go rogue and go perpendicular. Not ready for that. So you always yeah. have the hole pointed towards you as you're doing it, so it like it's like onto you. It's pointed down, so it, it's the the hole isn't pointed exactly, you know, yeah, yeah. perpendicular, but you know, kind of like that. So it'll get like oh, you know, on, on my lap or on my you know my. Uh, it's more the table. likely coming back towards you. I yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, or it just goes on the wall or something. Either way, <laughs> definitely have had an issue with that. Okay. Um, and then uh, let's see. Um, I've also failed many times at. You know, this is all during cleaning stuff mostly. I feel like mm. this has happened. I have multiple times, and I'm sure you have too, had some bulb syringe mishaps where, A, I've ejected the entire grip section of a pen off oh, of the bulb syringe. I've definitely done that. Into the sink. Oh, yeah. I've done that twice. Neither time did I damage my nib, so I'm very, very nice. happy with that. That okay. hasn't happened yet. 
Um, but also I have not plugged it in super securely yeah. and had ink come right back at me. Oh my. Or like inky water, but yeah, yeah that's disgusting. Or <laughs> I've plugged it into like a uh, safari, you know, they've, they've got those prongs Yeah, and I haven't cleared those prongs. Yeah. So, you got to really shove it down yes. in there. So it leaves a little opening and then yeah. that again, ejecting it to the side. Yeah. So it goes totally rogue. Yeah. And that there's multiple sides. So if, if it's not clear on one side, it's also not clear yeah, on the other side. You don't know where that thing's going. Yeah. So yeah, that it's like a sprinkler. So that's been that's been bad. Um and then I've never broken I've broken a bottle one time back in the garage. So going so, going on twelve years, no yeah, broken bottles. Yeah, it was a while ago. But I did break that one bottle. But apart from that, I've never knocked over a whole bottle. Hmm. And but I have knocked over many ink samples. Like the vials. Mm-hmm. Many of those. Those just get knocked over so effortlessly they're they're lightweight yeah they're you know not they're kind of stable top, top heavy yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah so those get knocked over all the time mm-hmm. luckily you know the max they can spill is two mils of ink so right not a big deal there but i have i've knocked over a ton of those and made messes that way mm-hmm. the most unique thing though is with, again with ink samples this time i've made multiple messes by trying to put ink into an ink sample and not respecting the bubble that sometimes forms over the opening. Oh, right. You can put ink in that thing and sometimes it'll roll right off the bub onto your fingers, onto the desk, onto the paper, whatever you want. Oh my God. You think it's going to pop it. And sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. I don't know why I, I, I flirt with disaster the way I do, but I'm like. You don't like stick the needle down past the bubble and I should. You just like. You're, well, some, sometimes you're like shooting it from above the bubble. Or sometimes I'm like, I have it in my pen and I'm like, I just put it back in here for a little oh, while. Right, right, right. You know, so I just, you know, I'm like dropping it. You gotta like um, stab the bubble. Like, I know. Get through that thing. Also, the bubble though, you stab the bubble and it spritzes it a little pop. bit. It can pop a little bit. Yeah. And it, I've ruined some, uh, some swabs that I've done for the website doing that. Just, mm. you know, having the bubble pop. So sometimes I like cut my hands around it and like, like blow, like <laughs> try to <laughs> like stop it. Because even one little spritz can totally, you know, wow. b- bork a swatch. So, mm. yeah. I hate it when I bork a swatch. Yeah, you know, swatch borkins. <laughs> that, that's wow. pretty much been it for me. Um, I know I need relatively it. benign. I should have asked. Though, yeah, I'm a, pretty, I'm a pretty neat pen user. Um, we, we've had some customers send us some pretty oh, dramatic Couches, things. pants, animals, all you yeah. name it. Uh, Brian <laughs> K over here, he ended up with Bay State Blue all over his hands a couple of weeks ago. Yes. I don't know. I guess I think he was doing some writing samples. Um, yeah, he was like doing, a, I think, for like an ink review or something. Yeah, but his hands were covered. Yeah. His hands were absolutely covered. I don't know what happened there. I don't know what happened either. I should ask him. But huh. yeah, what about you? Um, You know, I've... Uh, the messiest I've gotten with like a Lamy 2000 was when I would try like early, early days when I started flying more with fountain pens, I would hear about pens leaking in flights and I started out being like really careful and stuff like that. And then I would like never have an issue. So then it got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm going to put every pen in absolute ideal position for it to have a dramatic leak or some kind of you did that in atlanta that one time didn't you i remember that it was remarkably uneventful yeah like i might get some ink on the grip section or a little bit in the cap the thing i'll say the biggest mess again it's not a huge mess with the lamy 2000 but if you do happen to get ink in the cap on the lamy 2000 
there's a lot going on inside of that cap with the pressure bars and oh, like the dog ears yeah. that grab onto it. So if you get ink inside that cap, you have to like flush it with water at the sink, cover it with like your hand and shake it. And like, there's so many nooks and crannies inside the like cap, like mechanism inside of there. You can't just like swab it out and get it all. Like you'll keep getting ink on your grip section forever. It is so, uh, yeah, gotta, that happened. You gotta like flush that out of there. I dropped mine once with ink in it and I had a lot of ink spritz into the cap and oh, yeah. it took forever, forever <laughs> to get out. Yeah. Oh, it sucked. The most dramatic I've had, again, these are not super dramatic. I don't have the most exciting stories, but I have a couple things come to mind. I mean, I've definitely had things where I've like been filling a pen especially like when I'm trying to shoot a video or something like that. And I go to fill it and I just like kind of fumble the pen and it like hits in a weird way. And it sort of flicks the like freshly filled pen oh, yeah. and just like, like spritzes dots all over whatever it is I have on there and the, the desk surface and all that. And I'm like, okay, I got to like stop everything, wipe it all off. Cause you get like these tiny little dots oh, yeah. of ink and you try and wipe it up, but it just smears and they're like, oh my gosh. Are you like trying to wipe it up with your finger? And it's like, blah, like covers your whole finger. Yeah, and it doesn't, all over it your looks, desk. it's way more than it looks like. Yeah, they're very dense. So you have to like actually clean it up. So I've had that happen multiple times. Um, I've had, let's see here, early days of ink sampling. I think I had one instance where I like dropped dropped some samples or dropped something like in my lap and I got my shorts like yeah. covered with a little bit of ink. It wasn't anything too crazy. Um, I don't know that I've ever dropped a bottle of ink. I did spike one like a football once. You did. You remember that? That was early days. Yep. We were testing um, out a new type of packaging. Yeah. We were testing out like a crinkly paper, like a- Like a, that that, that uh, kind of corrugated, you know, newsprint sort of stuff that Crate and yeah, Barrel yeah. uses. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So Giammi. We, we were testing, that's what it was called. I think the name is different now, but we were testing out one of those machines and I was like, well, let's, let's do a durability test. And- there were a bunch of people, are, you know, we had like wrapped up a bottle of, I think it was Liberty's Elysium. It was, a, it was a Noodler's bottle, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, everybody was thinking like, oh, yeah, Brian's going to do something. But I thought I, you were going to overhand throw like, it. Like just like gently toss it. But no, I, I took it and like, like I just scored a touchdown. I like spiked it on the ground in the box, in the box. And it broke the ink. We knew that the sound it made, like we knew it was broken. And also it didn't bounce. No. It just, just kind of like, thunk. I slammed it on there yeah. pretty good. Yeah. And I was like. Okay, that so that's that's too much. Yeah, that's too much. That's too much. Not we exactly ended... what a USPS, you know. I don't know. Would Sometimes do. I've seen some stuff where you're like, "Yeah, what were they doing with this package?" Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've broken that, but that was kind of on purpose. Um, and then I'm trying to think the, the probably the honestly the most dramatic thing I ever did was like literally the first day I ever used fountain pens. So I'd gotten the um, I went to the DC Pen Show. This was in 2009. I got some Dimine, like the 30 mil, you know, the plastic yeah. bottles that are real tall, very kind of top heavy, oh, yeah. kind of like the ink samples. And uh, first pen filling, it wasn't technically my very first pen filling because I had another color that I filled, but the second color that I ever filled was that 30 mil bottle. It was midnight blue. I remember the color. And I was at my kitchen island and I went to try to fill it and I just did something weird and I knocked over the bottle and spilled the, almost the entire contents of the bottle all over my kitchen island. Ooh. Was it wood? No, it was okay. like a tile okay. granite. So like it cleaned easily and it was like a black. Granite. I didn't know if it was like a chopping block or something like no, that. No, no, it okay. didn't cause any permanent damage. Right. So, I mean, it, 
Probably if it had been a lighter color, it might have stained, but because it was black, you didn't really notice. So uh, I quickly learned that like, oh, you need to like pay attention when you're trying to fill these things. So early lessons, but I've probably had, I think I've had remarkably few incidents. Yeah, same here. I don't know, probably because I'm, I don't know, whatever. I'm yeah, lucky. I'm, I'm, pretty, lucky. I'm pretty careful about mine. Cool. All, All right. right. Ready for this one from Maki. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's pretty in-depth. I'm oh, just going to kind of paraphrase this a one. a deep dive one here. Yeah. Essentially, uh, Maki just mentioned that we've talked a lot about the nature of gold versus steel nibs and yes. how traditionally gold performs more comfortably, sometimes better. Um, Maki wants to know, essentially, if the writing experience, in my head at least, has to do with actual pen to paper, mm-hmm. like meaning the tipping material, right. and not the gold portion... Um, since the gold portion is not what actually touches the paper, mm-hmm. what is it about the gold nib that makes the writing experience so different? Yeah. So they're just supposing that, you know, if the business end of the nib is the same in both steel and gold, what's the point of Why going with gold? Why does it feel gold? different at yeah. all? That's a great point. And they also mentioned deep dive expected. I appreciate your insight on this. Yeah. Well, you also left out like four or five questions that Maki asked. It's a long question. But... Uh, they're all they're all in the, the same vein. Um, so yeah, get ready for a deep dive. Skip ahead if you don't want one. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do I do that? How do you do that? <laughs> you can't. This is you're you're stuck in real time. Um, you can just kind of zone out, I guess. Um, okay. To be clear, gold nibs can feel like a different writing experience, but not all gold nibs write the same, and not all of them are going to feel drastically different than steel nibs. That's a fact. So surprise, it depends. Ah, There's a lot of factors and it's definitely confusing. So I feel you on that. Um, The inherent challenge with all gold nibs is that the cost is significantly high for gold nibs. That is a fact. So there's naturally an inclination to want to have a big difference between gold nibs and steel nibs. And some gold nibs do feel different than steel nibs, but not always justifiably by how much of a price difference there is. It's definitely the law of diminishing returns. And it's most nibs are kind of like incrementally better. And it's not like a world-changing difference, especially if you're newer to fountain pens and you haven't used as many of them and don't appreciate some of the subtleties of the feel of nibs, then you probably won't notice as much of a difference. It's like me if I was to like go golfing. I can't feel any difference between like a starter set of clubs and a really nice set of clubs because my familiarity with it is not attuned enough to appreciate the difference. Yeah, it's not a negative connotation. It's just, you know, experience is a factor. (coughs) Of course. (coughs) That's like me and sushi. I can't tell the difference between grocery store sushi and like sushi that's made right in front of me. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like that with wine. Yeah. Like wine, like inexpensive wine if it's terrible wine i can be like oh it's not so great yeah but if it's like okay wine then i'm like okay it's fine and if i have really good wine then i'm like yeah this is smoother whatever but it's not like i definitely don't appreciate it for what it is so yeah but anyway um so yeah there's definitely that law of diminishing returns um so let's go over like the nib composition what actually makes the nib feel like it does because i feel like that's kind of important to address this then I can explain like each part of it and what contributes to that feeling. So um, some of the factors that can influence a nib's feel, um, you're absolutely right that like the part that touches the paper 
is honestly probably the most important part. This is what most nib professionals are focusing on is the tip, the grind, the smoothness, the tuning of those tines, irrespective of whatever material the nib is made of. What that tipping material is doing to interact with your paper is going to affect the feel of the nib more than anything else, basically, um, especially when it comes to smoothness and, and maybe even flow. Um, but there's other factors too: the nib material itself, steel, gold, other alloys and stuff like that. Um, the physical shape, the thickness of the material, these can all also impact how the nib is going to feel. Now, there's a lot of variables, but if all else is equal, literally every part of the nib is identical, the only difference is whether it's made of stainless steel or whether it's made of gold, the smoothness and everything would not feel any different whatsoever because the tipping would be actually identical. But the difference that you would feel is in the bounciness, the softness of that nib because gold is a softer material. And again, it kind of depends on the alloy and stuff like that. But the more gold content you have, all else equal, the softer that nib is going to be in relation to stainless steel. So that's where it's like, I give the analogy before of like shock absorbers on your car versus like stiff suspension. You know, you can still drive a car and it can go fast and all that kind of stuff if you have really stiff suspension. But if you have softer suspension, it's gonna be a smoother feeling ride. So even though the tires and everything wheels can be exactly the same, just having a softer suspension will make the ride feel smoother. That's kind of what's happening with a gold nib, um, is that you're getting a, a slightly smoothed out ride. Now, it's not that you're gonna have, it's not that you're gonna feel less drag on the page. It's not that the grind is gonna feel any different. It's literally just a matter of the pressure that you're putting on the nib, because everybody varies their pressure a little bit as you're moving your hand around and forming different letters. You're gonna have that feeling smoothed out a little bit more with a gold nib than you might with a stainless steel nib. So it's not necessarily that the tipping itself is smoother, but it might feel smoother to you because of the bounce of that nib. Um, the tipping material itself on both steel nibs and gold nibs, um, you're right that it is a tipping material that's harder than both of these. Stainless steel is a pretty hard material, and especially when like older stainless steel nibs a lot of them weren't even tipped. Yeah. So there was just, you know, to, to make them as economical as possible. Some, uh, I think I would say most steel stub nibs are still not tipped. Yeah, I don't know of any steel stub nib that is tipped, to be honest with you. I want to say there was one one time that we don't sell any right now, but th- there was a reason I said almost. Was I, it the Aurora Ypsilon, maybe? Was that one tipped? That was a steel nib that was tipped? I don't think so, because that, that thing was sharp. It was sharp, but that was because more because of the grind. Yeah. That might be the one Maybe. that is coming to mind. Maybe. If that is the case, then my memory freaking rocks. Yeah. But that's impressive. Anyway. Um, and it stuck out to me because it was like the only one we'd ever. It was weird, yeah. Because it was like a yeah. straight up italic. Yeah. Um, I do remember that. Um, but yeah, so the the tipping material itself, right? It's a harder wearing. It's basically like a precious metal. Um, a lot of people like call them iridium tipping. That's the word that's used. Mostly it's not iridium because iridium is such an unbelievably rare material. Um, spoiler alert. I got a fun fact at the end about iridium and all that. But um, iridium is super hard wearing. But anything, it's in the precious metals family, like in the platinum family. Um, and that's pretty much the metals that you're going to deal with with tipping. So I think most of the time it's going to be rhodium or some alloy of like rhodium, maybe platinum, palladium, 
maybe a tiny bit of iridium, but iridium, basically it's like all these materials like come from meteorites, basically. Like it doesn't naturally form on earth. It's like millions of years ago, meteorites slammed into earth and left these space metals. And these are these like otherworldly hard metals. These are the things we're dealing with. Um, but there's just not that much of it. So yeah, it's harder wearing metal. It's harder wearing stainless steel and gold for sure. Um, and there are different alloys of that tipping. Now, the alloy will make a difference in terms of how it will wear over time. And I would say, as you might guess, probably the more expensive the pen, more expensive the nib, the higher quality tipping they might use. That's fair. But it's a total guess because yeah. no one shares what they use for tipping material on any pen. It is very much a trade secret. And I've even heard things that like, there's like one company that makes tipping material might be these all the days. Same. Yeah, they might make different grades. I don't we know. We don't know. It's not something I've, that's widely shared. I've seen them. Like when I was at Lamy, they had like a bunch of like tipping yeah, balls. Like little ball bearings. Yeah, they look like teeny, teeny little balls. Like that BBs. They, that's what they weld on. Um, but smaller. yeah, I don't know what alloy they are and stuff it's like that. It's more like that. birdshot. Yeah. 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 Very, very, very tiny uh, little balls. So, um, yeah. But theoretically, yes, you can have higher grades of that, the tipping, than others. I think that was more common maybe in like years and years ago. Vintage folks might know more than me about that. Like not all tipping might have been created equal. These days, I think the industry is so small. There's probably like one manufacturer that makes all the tipping stuff for fountain pens because there's just not that many in the grand scheme of things. Um, and so I think it's a little more standardized these days. But yeah, theoretically, you could have higher quality tipping. But I don't think that's going to make a difference in terms of how it's going to feel on the page. It might make a difference in terms of how long it will last, like the wear over time. If you have a higher quality tipping material or like the more tipping material you might use um, on a more expensive nib or whatever, uh, it might last longer. But you're talking like decades of use pretty much because it's such a hard wearing metal. Um, so I don't think that necessarily matters that much on the tipping on gold versus steel. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Um, let's see here. Da -da -da -da. Okay. On both steel and gold nibs, the writing feel as it's influenced by the tipping will mostly be due to the grind and the smoothing of the tip. So it's pretty much... You know, once it's welded on, assuming there's like a certain level of quality of the weld and stuff like that, it's pretty much going to come down to how is that tipping shaped. Um, and this is where I think you end up with more of that like correlation and causation. If you have a less expensive pen, it has a stainless steel nib. It's being sold at a lower price. It might be more mass produced, if you will. They're just not going to spend as much time tuning a nib like that as you would with an expensive gold nib. Yeah. So part I mean, of what you're paying for is like labor and time of investing in that Tipping. A piece of gold is not necessarily pretty. It's a, it's a lump of gold, you know, lumpy <laughs> rock, but it depends on sure. what you do later right. that makes it look good. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and because gold nibs are more expensive on pens, pens that have gold nibs on them are going to be more expensive overall. And therefore, people will be more discerning in critiquing how they feel. So they're going to put a little more time into smoothing and tuning those nibs. So it's not that you can't have exactly the same smoothness or writing experience on a steel nib versus gold nib. It's that maybe from the factory, economically, it's not justifiable to spend as much time tuning a steel nib as a gold nib. Yes. But I mean, you can ask any nib professional, they tune and smooth steel nibs all the time. And some people are perfectly thrilled with that and they never have a desire to go to gold nibs. And that's perfectly fine. It's not a requirement. And 
sometimes it's not justifiable to a lot of you know, people. A lot of the times cost. a well-tuned steel nib is even better than a, you know, out-of-the-box gold nib. It just all depends. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the analogy that I had to kind of wrap this up um, was kind of like, and I'm not in love with this analogy, but it's what I had to work with late at night last night. So um, it's kind of like the, the tires, wheels and suspension on your car. So like the tipping is like the rubber composition of the tires, mm -hmm. right? So it's like you can use a higher quality rubber, but, you know, on most tires, most, you know, vehicles that folks like us would be buying, you're going to get a tire composition that's relatively similar and kind of acceptable, right? Um, but you get a different feel, maybe the tread, the tire size, air pressure, the suspension, tuning, stuff like that, all influence how the feel of the car is when you drive it. So yes, it's a factor, like the tipping is a factor, but it's a lot of what's done kind of after that point that it was initially placed on there that can uh, that can change how it feels. So yeah, that's... Uh, I think the tire analogy done. works just fine. I think yeah. we've used that one before. It doesn't fit perfectly, but it's what I had. The, the tipping that's material in the road, I think, works perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the tread and the tipping material. Sure, That's sure. super accurate. Yeah, exactly. It's the part that wears down. Yeah, exactly. All so, right. Anyway, there you go. That's my deep dive. Awesome. Not, not super deep. No, not too not bad like, at all. Not like, you know, going into the Mariana Trench or anything. We but, Right. You know, it's okay. I've done worse. Yes. Slash better. Whatever. Yes. However you consider it. I got a question for you, Drew, Bring it. from Garrett. Hey, Garrett. You're being promoted to become CEO of the a Goulet pen. big fountain pen company. Oh, okay. Just says fountain pen company. All right. Which company is for you to decide, but think big, like Lamy, Pilot, Sailor. Also, preferably a company where you think you can make a difference. Question. What would be the first big fountain pen related project that you would start up? Think beyond the obvious, like increase profit, sell more pens. Instead, think of really fountain pen related initiatives. Fountain pen related initiatives. Yep. Got it. I thought about this and I was thinking, you know what, Brian's going to probably pick Pilot. So I'm going to pick Lamy. So I just picked Lamy just to give myself some arbitrary rules. I am now the CEO of Lamy and I'm going to focus on fountain pen related initiatives. Um, the first thing that I'm going to say the first thing that came to mind were demonstrators. I want some Lamy demonstrator pens. They've got the Vista, but other than that, they are pretty much demonstratorless, especially compared to other fountain pen companies, Brian. Every other company has a bunch of demonstrators. Lamy's just not into the whole demonstrator thing. They really don't. And I think, they sh I think they should be. Yeah, they just have the Vista. But then they came out with the Lamy Balloon, which is essentially mm -hmm. a safari like a ball demonstrator, point. but it's only available in ballpoint. I know. So as the new CEO, I'm saying, all right, the Lamy Balloon is now in multiple colors, and it is now a Safari fountain pen version. So boom, I fixed that problem. Great. Um, <laughs> one thing I think that I would do is, you know, to get Lamy to start stepping outside of their comfort zone a little bit, and, and um, which is great because they don't shy away from taking uh, risks. They've they've had some pretty wacky designs. So I'm like, mm -hmm. let's let's do more of that, but in a different way. So we're gonna do demonstrators. We're also gonna do a demonstrator 2000 while we're at it. So a clear polycarbonate, which can be done. We're gonna that. do that clear polycarbonate 2000. Boom. That. We're going to do different filling mechanisms. As the CEO of Lamy, I'm going to have a vac filler. I'm going to have a piston filler. Not because I personally like them, but because I know other people do. So we're going to make that happen. The 2000 is not going to be the only piston pen that we have. In addition, the 2000 is no longer going to be the only pen that we have with the 2000 nib and feed. We're going to put that nib and that feed on other pens as well. It's a great nib. It's a great feed. It needs to be other places because it's great and lovely and it works. 
we're going to have 2000 Lamy 2000 annual editions, Brian, in different colors, just like Pilot does with Vanishing Point. We're wow. going to do that here at Lamy with the 2000. Wow. Boom. Going to make it happen. Um, also, accessories. With their engineering capabilities, their production facility, they could very easily make some pretty cool accessories, I find. Some very, you know, very Lamy accessories. We could do ink wells. We could do different sorts of filling companions, things like that. Um, vial holders, ink bottle holders, you know, a bunch of different you know, cleaning products. Like Lamy could do some fun accessories if they wanted to do that. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to work on Lamy's uh, cap sealing. As we mentioned earlier, I think mm. that we can we can improve their their air tightness, particularly in the re, the uh, retractable pen market. If I'm if we're asking people to shell out hundreds of dollars for a dialogue, I want that dialogue to seal up just as well as a vanishing point does. You know, get some rubber gasket things happening. I don't know. We got to work on that. I'll talk to R and D about that. Um, you know, we're also going to do we're also going to do concrete pens, Brian leaning all the way into the Bauhaus thing. We're going to do some concrete. Concrete? Concrete pens, yep. Interesting. It's I don't a think thing. I've ever held a concrete pen. Neither have I, but I know they exist. It's a thing. So, it's yeah, thing. it's a thing. We're yeah. also going to do bigger pens, Brian, for you. Because Lamy, you know, here at Lamy, we do a lot of very narrow yeah. pens. Yeah. But I know that there are people like you that, uh, you know, you know, got, got some hams. They need to be wrapping around some pens. So I'm going to help you out there, buddy. Okay. I'm going to do like all a right. Lamy 2000 oversize for you. So enjoy that. <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yes. So we're going to work on some larger pens um, for the bigger-handed folks there. Um, and apart from uh, design, though, I'm going to take a page out of Pilot's book, and I'm going to establish a more consistent presence at fountain pen shows for my company, Lamy. Um, we're going to go there um, and give everybody different nibs to use at the Lamy table. I think Lamy is a great option for having a little testing station if they wanted to at pen shows. So we're going to do that. Um, and then we're also going to create a new proprietary nib for anything <coughs> at the Lamy studio level and above. We're not going to have the same steel nib on the studio that you can get on the Safari any longer. I like that nib, but I think that it is much more beneficial in the entry level market uh, as far as swappability, find out what you like, and then move on from there. Once you get to the studio and above, that studio, you're talking like that's you know an $80 to $120 pen. There, there's something that goes on in the consumer mindset when you say this pen is, you know, $30 with the same nib and feed as this $120 pen. Like, mm -hmm. I think that I'd like to differentiate that. So beneath the studio, same nib. The studio and above gets a different nib. Mm. Different nib that has that you can actually justify. Yeah, we'll charge a little bit more, but we're going to dedicate a little bit more time to consistency and performance than we will on the more entry-level options. So there we go, because uh, I don't want a $120, you know, Vista with a Lamy ABC nib on it. I don't think that's, I think we can do different. Um, so that's my quick symposium there. It's Drew, a lot. Drew Brown, is the, I've got a, I've got a plan. Packed. I've got a plan, so Lamy, let me know. All right. Brian will give me some, you know, paid time off to go up to Heidelberg and get some stuff done, then uh, we, can, we can make it happen. I don't think I can handle you up there, Drew. You're a definitely a different speed than they are in Germany. Probably you. all of Europe. <laughs> yeah. Well, Italy, you could do you could do well in Italy. You fit the Italian vibe, I think. Oh, okay. Very excitable, creative, passionate. But I also know. love taking breaks. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that would work. Do that. that would work. Oh my gosh. What about um, you? Okay. So I tried to I saw how much Drew put in the notes here, and I was like, <laughs> maybe I can get away with not answering that much of this question. 
and then he like sort of shamed me a little bit as we were, were getting to, ready to record here. And he was like, "You're thinking that's too, all you put in here." You were thinking too much like a business owner, Brian. I really was. I, it's hard for me to turn that off. I because you were thinking about like, "Well, I need to make money." I'm like, "No, th- th- it says we're not." I was thinking about like that. very practically, <laughs> and then just hearing your stuff, I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're just like no, not you're practical. just like dreaming." Okay, okay, <laughs> so. This is part trying to obfuscate getting out of this question altogether because it felt too much like work. <laughs> but then I got inspired a little bit by Drew as he was literally talking. So I made some notes. Um, so critique critique my answer. It's not, no, no, it's no, not very no, thorough. You, you it's not very nuts. thorough. But anyway, um, so well, I, I went with pilot just because you said that that would make <laughs> sense and that made sense in my brain. Um, so the thing is like... Fa- for pilot, fountain pens are not the mainstay of their business. No. They're a huge company. A fraction. I'd be surprised if it was 1% of their global business. Yeah, probably not. But it's their heart and soul. It's like their passion. So uh, for that matter, I would say the finances don't really have to work so much as long as you're not like off the rails. No. But again, that's too practical. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull myself off <laughs> away from that. Um, so one thing I would do is bring back the M90. Oh, yeah, the, you would. Mew. That'd be day one. Yeah, the Mew as well. Yeah, so anything in that like kind of integrated nib yes, thing. And I would please. maybe, let's go ahead and make it out of titanium too because I think oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. A titanium M90. Mm. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, please. I want that. Um, I would expand the Decimo. I think the Decimo needs more love. It needs more colors. They exist. They exist outside the U.S. They just need to be more available. So I would just... Black matte, please. Wave. Yeah. Thank you. Black matte, Decimo, why Appreciate not? that. Let's just make it happen. Um, and then I would do a demonstrator vanishing point in Decimo. I want to see the mechanism mm. inside of there. Oh, right. And I want to see how it all works. They had, so I would they make had that a, a yeah. kind of, they had a cutaway version of the vanishing point at the DC at the show. DC and the show. mechanism is absolutely fascinating. It's so cool, right? Yeah. And I was like, y'all need to make this happen. They were like, we are hearing that from every single person that comes by this table. They know that that needs to happen, but... I, I wouldn't be. I would make it happen if I was have, Lord of Pilot. Have they done a full resin vanishing point before? I don't think so. They had a resin. What like, about the pink body, one? Like the oh, no, that was metal. Really, it was resin, lacquered. resin over. Oh, it was yeah, they've la- always had lacquered. lacquered paint. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, they had the yeah. old Capitalist, the Namiki faceted one. Yeah, that was resin, but it was just like resin of the body. It wasn't, you know, still all metal parts. And stuff. Right, right. Okay, but yeah. they if they wanted to do a resin body, they could just with the yeah, metal hardware. They could like a clear resin yeah. body. But, but you would have to redesign it a little bit if you yeah, were to make it a truly like a demonstrator. The nose cone would need to be clear. Yeah, you would have to. So it would take some engineering. You could invent some, some clear metal. I mean, you could just make it clear, but then you would just see like solid parts that wouldn't really yeah. show you the guts. Yeah. I would want to make it so that it you could actually see that mechanism inside. I don't know how we do it, but whatever. We're dreaming. Yeah. Um, I would replace the Con 40. I don't know with what, but I would wave my magic wand and somehow make that happen. There you make, go. Make it, make it whatever. And then um, Iroshizuku inks are great, but the line's been pretty static. I think I would do like a special edition or like an annual edition, sort of like Pelican does or something like that. That's another thing. So like come out with some more regular ones. Maybe not keep them around forever. Freshen it up. But, like you know, kind of like the Pelican Edelsteins. That is another Ink thing. Ink of the year, you know, something like that. The Lamy, to th- the Lamy CEO would also ditch the regular Lamy bottles. Oh, you mean this one? Oh. That's what I brought today. Why is that To go there? with our ugly pen. There we go. Yep. <laughs> Okay. Yep. Um, so that was what I thought of while Drew was talking. But I had another answer, which I took it in a totally different direction. It doesn't seem like you. But yours was kind of more fun. So um, I know. <laughs> I would never take it in a different direction so that I didn't have to directly answer a specific question. Um, so I, I said, I, you know, 
I think that I would actually like to focus on the community and really try to plug in some way there, like as a manufacturer. I think that's missing. I think we as enthusiasts are very passionate about the brands that we use, but there's a little bit of detachment there. And we know from interacting with many of the manufacturers, they are super passionate about what they do, but it's in a very different way than the way that you might interact with your pens as an end user. So I think there's an opportunity there. And and we see this happen at some pen shows. There's more brands that are like, like bigger brands that are going to pen shows, trying to get more in touch. Pilot's one of them. You know, Pilot's one of them. So you see Sailor, you see other brands at some shows. And I think that's good. Um, But yeah, I think that there's an opportunity there to really engage with the community and, and create something unique and interesting, you know, sort of like, this is maybe not the best example, but like, you know, you've heard of pen pals, right? So it's sort of affiliated with Parker pens, or at least it was Parker pens in the world fair in like 1964 or 65 or something like that. Um, created this like computer machine to help match up pen pals or something like that. It ended up kind of flopping after a few years because they didn't tap into any of the existing like pen pal organizations that were kind of already around. But I think the intent around that, if you can marry it up with the actual community, could be really interesting. So there's something with that. Like Pelican, you know, COVID kind of destroyed this, but Pelican was doing like Pelican meetups and stuff like that. They would like organize and say, we're going to do a Pelican meetup in such and such a city. That's I, different than the hubs. The No, I think it was the hubs. Yeah. The hubs are still happening. Yeah. They're still happening? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I don't think it's like Pelican corporate that's like hosting these things. They're just more or less like calling it a thing. I think they provide... They're providing like a way for people to organize it. But I think there could be something more intentional about that because like you go to some of these pen shows and you see like in online communities, people want to connect. They want to experience and just be excited about these things together. There could be more that could be done with that. Um, And that's something that no no modern pen company has really like tapped into. So I would explore that somehow. There you go. Not that we couldn't do that as retailers, but... You know, we're talking hypothetically. Yeah, you're the you're the CEO of Pilot. World. I think there's an opportunity there. It's kind of a bit more long game thing, but I think it would be kind of an interesting thing to explore. How about, how about since we're CEOs now? Well, you're already a CEO, but since since well, we're, we're CEOs, we're of Pilot, now apparently. we are we are. But like in 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 a in a in the spirit of unity, do you think maybe we need mascots like a Lamy mascot and a Pilot mascot? Like hmm. what you know, that, what would that for be? for marketing, you know, like a little little well, you know. Uh, Lamy, you, you know, Corgi, so help me. No, no, no. That would I be think wildly inappropriate for no, a German pen company to have a Corgi. It would be that. Yeah. That would be that. Diamond, like a, diamond can a have a Corgi. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with uh, just a a, a, a a yeah. I don't know. I want to go with. Uh, I know what I'm gonna go with. What are you gonna go with? A dragon. Dragon. Pilot dragon. Is yeah. it gonna be like a happy, cute dragon? Like, come visit me, or like a scary, no, scary, scary dragon? It's gonna be a big, <laughs> scary, epic dragon. Yeah, nice. Dungeons and Dragons style. Like, yeah. oh man, let's see. Uh yeah, I just think I um, I want to. I, I might just go with like uh, you know, the lead singer of um. Let's just go with like instead of a mascot, I'll do a spokesperson. It can be the guy from Rammstein. You know. Oh. Yeah. Like, or just, David Hasselhoff? N- no, German, Germans love no. David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah, it would be some some sort of like a celebrity endorsement. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe someone that's not connected to, uh, you know, Germany or fountain pens at all, like uh, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Australian. 
He's he's, he's a spokesperson for uh, Mont Blanc. I there believe. you go. Bruce yeah. Campbell. Yeah. Why not? All right. Cool. cool. All right. All right. That was fun. Good, good chat. All right. All right. Cool. Last, one more? last question of the week comes to right. us from. Uh, You're gonna have to explain this one, Drew. Yeah, Wilma Taranda. Um, this is in response to a question we did in episode 96, where mm-hmm. someone was asking, what are five fountain pens that will cover all of your fountain pen needs? And, you know, I had a selection of pens and they were all pricey pens with the exception of my Kakemori nib. Um, and, uh, Wilma here wanted well, to s- let me want- say your selection was all yeah. expensive. Yeah. Mine was more. Yours moderate. was a little more variety. Well, mine had a big range. I had yeah. the Homo sapiens in there. I went, I went yeah. cheaper, you, you but also range. more expensive. But uh, Wilma says, I love this champagne pockets list. Apparently, champagne pockets means you have lots of disposable fancy income, I guess. Um, Is that a phrase? I've never heard it, but uh, I've you heard it now. You don't put champagne in your pocket. I don't. Maybe Wilma does. <laughs> Wilma try. I've heard of like Randa. champagne problems as yeah. being like. Or his champagne taste. I've heard that too. Yeah, champagne taste with a beer budget. Is yeah, that that's an expression? That. Right? It's probably in the same neighborhood here. Um, what is the answer if you don't have champagne pockets, but you're not looking for a Home Depot either? In other words, Home you, Depot you, pockets. you want quality. That's cargo pockets right there. Oh, there you go. You want quality without breaking the bank. Yes, mm. there are fountain pens that will cost the entire budget of these five. So is there a selection for apprentice slash starting out slash beginner? So basically... Wilma here is just asking, same thing, five pens to cover all your fountain pen needs, but the budget version. Okay. Now, to be fair, the original question that we were asked in episode 96 was like, what are the five pens that you need to give you like as much of the fountain pen experience as possible? Yeah. So like we we weren't keeping like super budget right. in mind no, necessarily. No, no. So I'm, you know, trying to think of like how to interpret this question. Yeah. So we like just this may be like a toned down. Yeah. So version of still getting a breadth of experience. A selection for a beginner. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we've done videos on like best pens for newbies mm-hmm. and best pens for students and stuff like that. So I'm not just going to like regurgitate that, though. Certainly, mm-hmm. those are all very valid. So I'm interpreting it a little bit more as like if you are kind of starting out in fountain pens, but wanting to get. You know, not just like what are the best pens for a beginner, but like what are the what will give you a breadth of experience. So I'm not going like budget as a number number one thing in mind, but even though that's what they asked, it's heartily in mind. It's heartily (laughs) in mind because again, I've already answered this in so many other ways. You're right. Trying to trying to that's fair. I'll go. I'll go budget after you. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Go broad. Um, So just to remind, so for episode 96 that we did, Drew had the Kakimori dip pen. The E95S, the Custom 823 Pilot, Sailor Pro Gear, and Lamy 2000. What a perfect list. All solid pens. I stand by those. Um, I went with the Twisby Eco, or alternatively the 580. Solid. Lamy Safari. Great. Pilot E95S. Uh We overlapped Pilot Falcon. And Visconti Homo Sapiens. That was my budget buster. Um, So we definitely had some like mid-price pens in there, but it was a little higher, right? It is, yeah. Um, All mine were gold nibs except for the Kakamori. Sure, sure. Which to be fair, a lot of them are on the more affordable end of the gold nib, but all very solid pens. So um, what I kind of went with is like, if I was going to cap it at maybe $300. That was kind of like what I went with. So okay. like a little above beginner, I'd say. The reason I went with that is because like if you're like, okay, it's $100 or $50 or whatever. I'm like, you're not, you're getting a very narrow experience if you keep the budget to that point. Because like if you say like exclude all gold nibs, then it's like you're missing out on what could potentially be, you know, 
a good portion of you the, are. The you, you can't experience. get you can't get the whole thing at that price. So you can, I, get, you can get some of the things. Yeah. So that's up for debate. That's yeah. how I interpreted it. So I'll just go with that. Go with it. Um, so I think the Twisby. I'm looking at my own list. Twisby Eco 580 still works. Still I would works. Still recommend. Probably it, let's go Eco because. I'm going to bust the budget a little bit sure. more towards the end of my list. Um, you get the piston, the demo, tinkerability, high ink capacity, good nib options, solid pen. Um, Lummi Safari still works. You know, it's a workhorse pen, the convenience of a cartridge converter, great for testing out lots of different inks. I think that is a really good option too. Durable. Yeah. Um, I went with Lamy 2000. Of course, you're jumping into gold at that point, but it's just such a solid choice mm-hmm. all around. So I you could very what still would want. You could that. argue that if you're a beginner starting off, you could just get the Lamy 2000 and be done. You forever kind of could. You kind of could. Custom 823 was kind of great. I left that. In. I mean, you could take or leave that one, but that one, it's a vacuum filler. You know, it's a very different vibe than the Lamy 2000. You know, very high ink capacity on that one, too. The nib is just sublime. Like, that's probably my favorite nib on this whole list. Um, and then the last one I had, I, I don't really know, but I said maybe like a flashy Banu or something like that. Just something really wild just looking. Just for the out- outward aesthetic. For the aesthetic, yeah. it's just it's completely different. Mm-hmm. And you can get some just really different. It's still a very solid pen, but, you know, in terms of the aesthetics, you're getting something very different than all these other pens. Absolutely. So that was my list. I feel okay about it. I like the addition of the Banu. That that's not a when we yeah. when we've talked about like cover all your fountain pen needs. That I think some of the needs are aesthetic. I think you know? yeah, no, that's what in my original list the sailor was my that mm, you know because they right. just have a lot of variety. But yeah. honestly, Banu might be an even better choice to cover if the, you like the, that aesthetic. Like they have yeah. a very kind of specific vibe. They do. It's a very like ostentatious kind of out there design it is but they've got such a wide variety like odds are they have so many out right now you're gonna find one that just kind of speaks to you yeah i think a lot of people have they a lot of people that have said banu is not for me have since found one that was definitely for them yeah because they've come out with a lot of different things and they've come out some good like not to toot our own horns too much toot toot some of the ones we've done like the uh caramel latte like it's not as loud as some of the other ones like not as much glitter, not as yeah. much like the same, luminescence same sangria and too. Like, like it, so, it yeah, just, yeah. It, if 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 it little, hits a vibe little, with you, if you if yeah. you have a, a you know affinity for sangrias, or like you remember having a sangria at this point in your life when you were doing this thing, or maybe your mom used to drink them here, you know, Benu has enough stories behind their yeah. pens to connect with you at some point. And if they haven't yet, I bet you they will eventually. Yeah, it's like a it's like a the equivalent of like a small like handheld air horn instead of like a boat horn. Yes, you know. Still loud. Still loud. Still getting attention, but not quite as much. There's there's more loud out there. Yeah. All right. What's your list, Drew? My lists are all under thirty dollars. Whoa. So, so I, you went like very extreme yeah, beginner. Okay. Fair so, enough. So um, for a nib experience, that's going to give you broad, broad lines. If you want to title your journal entries, if you want to write big greeting card sort of things, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Sailor High Ace Neo in a 2.0 nib. It's okay. a 2.0. Okay. That's the biggest one they have. I okay. Was, yeah. Okay. So okay. Um, nice, big, bold line for titling, things like that. Yeah. Um, okay. And just for like putting down a ton of ink if you yeah. just want to be, be a little crazy. So you, that, could, that, you could maybe use that in some everyday if you had like really it's pushing broad it. lines, but yeah. It's pushing it. If you've got if you've got like a blank paper, then sure. But writing within yeah. any sort of con- confinement, you're, you're, you're pushing you're, it. Yeah, you're, you're pushing, pushing it. it. Maybe like an eight millimeter ruling, like on the Claire Fontaine, like the full. Like, yeah. You could probably make it work with that. Yeah. But uh, one thing that I like to do if I'm confined 
to a certain amount of space and I'm mm-hmm. using like a 1.5 or 2.0. Yeah. Rather, normally I'll switch to being 100% underwriting, you know, coming from the bottom of the line going up oh. so that I can get that straight flat downstroke okay. to really maximize my line variation. Yeah. If I'm, you know, pressed for space, I will rotate and come mm. at it horizontally so that mm. I'm writing a little bit more like an architect would. Interesting. So that my downstrokes are now thin mm. and my cross strokes are wider. So I'll just okay. bring my stub nib over to the right and I find that space gets a little less messy that way. Okay. That's just what I do. Interesting. So Sailor High Ace Neo for your big titles. Um, Twisby Go is going to be my capacity pen. So that's a super cheap oh, yeah. version. It is, um, I can't have the Eco on here because that is $32.99, mm. somewhere above that. So we're going to go with the Go. I could do the swipe because yeah. you also get good capacity there. I'm mm-hmm. personally more connected to the swipe, but the Go is cheaper. So we're going budget. So that's okay. your capacity pen there. Fair enough. The Lamy Safari is going to be on here for durabil- durability and versatility with the mm-hmm. nib swappability. You're going to yeah. get a you know workhorse pen that you still can if you wanted to have a, five, a 1.5 nib on there if you wanted. 1.9 even 1.9 yeah, that's true i forget about that one yeah that's close it's, enough to a not to yeah like it's so yeah it really is mm-hmm. um and then uh the pilot kakuno um i'm gonna go there with for my reliability pen the go is mm-hmm. good too for reliability but mm-hmm. the kakuno it's gonna write every time the nibs are so consistent and mm-hmm. it's gonna perform well on a wide variety of paper if you go with the uh, fine or the extra fine mm-hmm. so that's my like you know it's always going to work for you, pen. And then finally, for the portability pen, we're going to go with the classic uh, Kaveco Sport. So good hmm. pocket pen for you there. Good for eyedropper conversion too, Drew. You I can. I know you would love to do you, that. You can. Uh, that's, you know, I, that was I'm, the first pen I ever eyedropped. Same. Was the Sport. Yeah? Same. Yeah, I, I did it with uh, Bay State Blue, and I coated the entire thing <sighs> with silicone grease oh, so wow. that it wouldn't stain. It was a Kaveco Ice Sport. Did it work? Um or did you just have a greasy, bluish mess on the inside? Yes and yes. <laughs> yeah, I never trusted. So it didn't. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't stain the barrel, but the, the it, it stained. It stained, stained the grease. Yeah, it still didn't look good. No, it looked terrible. <laughs> so yeah, yeah well. I probably could have coated it a bit better. But uh, anyway, that's mm. that's my cheapo list. Okay. Pretty solid. Yeah. What do you all think? What pens would you recommend? Also, you like what we inky did? messes. Tell us about those too, because I know, oh, yeah. I know you've done something. We've seen, we've mm. seen what y'all, some of what y'all done. I've seen, I've seen pets that have had to, uh, yes, had to, you know, pay, <laughs> pay for your mistakes. So <laughs> that's right. Let me know. Oh my gosh. Yep. Um, well, you can let us know what you think. Um, if you have any questions for us for future pencasts, you can leave it in the comments on the YouTube video, or you can email us at pencast at gulepens.com. All right. That's it for Q and a, we got a pen spotlight on a U G L Y. This pen ain't got no alibi. <laughs> it's ugly. I, maybe, 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 maybe it's ugly. Maybe it's pretty cool. Let's talk about it. Let's find out. All right, Brian. By hiding it. Oh, what do you have here? I got Let, something. Give us the big reveal. It's got a little bit of a story here. So this is a pen that I had not experienced for myself in person until I went to the DC Pen Show. Oh. This is a pen, I, th- I forget what it was. We were talking about ugly pens. Or we, were. we were. talking about in the pen cast a few weeks ago. And we had a fan of ours. Who, more, more than one mentioned oh, this yeah, pen. I guess a bunch of people mentioned this yeah. pen as like, Oh, this is like known as one of the weirdest looking pens out there. Yes. And we did, we, did we look it up in the pen cast and we were like, what is this thing? I don't remember. I think I pulled it up on my laptop because some people had commented on it or something. And it was like, what 
So when I went to the DC Ben show, we had a gentleman who was nice enough to just hand me one. He was like, here, this is the weird pen. And I was like, this is even weirder in person. I need to show this now. So this is the Rotring Core. Now we have no affiliation with Rotring. I have nothing for or against them, but this pen is a very interesting design. So let's take a look, shall we? There it Ooh, is. The core. So it's got a look to it. It does. I don't know what I would necessarily describe as this aesthetic. It's something. It's somewhat modern, but I don't know. It's like so you've got it's kind of industrial. You've got but also rubber and hard plastic. Yeah, how many is, materials do you see there, Brian? Like how many? Like it's a lot. There's a lot going on. It's right. mostly plastic. All right, making this is from rubber the, right here. Yeah. Okay. So the, you've got rubber black cap. Yeah. That is heavily ribbed, and then all right, that blue well, the stuff. Ribbed, so this is this is plastic. So that's like hard crispy. Yeah, like plastic. hard. You know. So okay. it's got it's got texture to it. Yeah. Which Rachel would not even no, want to touch no, this. No, not at all. But then you've got rubber. Which is like three-dimensional. With big old bumps on them. With bumpiness. You got that, you know. A huge paper freaking clip paper style, clip. you know, thing. But it's a pretty sturdy clip. All right. And then the barrel, the, that's like a different type of plastic. So this is a third material now that we're working with. I don't know if it's different, but it's like a matte finish. But it's not rubbery. To it. It's not rubbery. No, it's just black plastic. Okay. And then it's got four ink windows. All right. Now eight we're, ink we're, windows. We're, we're back in the blue now, but yep. not not. I mean, bumpy, it matches. It matches. But it's not bumpy stuff. Nope. It's shiny and smooth. Okay. So, so we've got like four different, four different types of textures, textures. Colors. Good Lord. And then you got the printing on it and stuff like right. that. Right. Yeah, what, 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 what is this printing? What, what is that? I don't know exactly. What does it say? What sort of logo it says, is that? It says Germany. And it says... Uh, force resource. Okay. For, so, force resource. Are those actual ink windows? Yeah, they are. Okay. Yeah, you're seeing the. You're seeing a. There's a converter inside. And there. I guess that's a core logo there at the base of the cap. I would assume so. The C. Yeah. Yeah. And then and so then, I mean I know Rotring from like the the. I guess that I don't I actually don't know that much about this company to be completely honest with you. Oh my god! And then there's what the is grip, the grip section. So it's like the outside of the pen is interesting enough. What? It's very. It looks like. Um, it looks like one of those like tricks when you when you have like the little cigarette in the tray and you like split it in half and mm-hmm. it doesn't it looks like it's broken but it's not. So the weird thing is, it's actually oddly comfortable. What? It looks very strange, but it actually feels pretty natural. But I'll say the only thing is, if it's you almost a, like what do they what do they call those nib holders that are offset? Um, I think they're called offset, right? Really, like the calligraphy ones? Yeah. Or the oh, there's another word for it. Yeah, it looks. It reminds me of one of those. So, so the grip section does oh, not. Man, what is that called? Just go yeah. straight. It like dips down and then comes back up where yeah, the nib is. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like it's like an optical illusion. You know? Yeah. It's like where's the where's like the something's feed? missing? Like the feed should run straight through here. How is it off? You know, my guess is I actually don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how this thing works. It's some, my kind, guess of, is I don't some know. kind of magic. Um, it's got like a wraparound, kind of like a Lamy preppy sort of a nib design there. The fins on that feed, though, look that. Look at those fins. My goodness, they got some strength. Those don't they? are beef nuggets. They do not mess around. They let you know they are here for business. Goodness heavens. But then you got a you got a texture on the bottom of the grip. All right, here so this too. is like texture number. So nine you got 000. like a shiny bubble type texture. 
<laughs> with a matte kind of rounded thing oh that kind of has a, has a little bit of an angle to it here. I think I kind of love it. But it, it also swoops up a little bit on both the front and the back. So I don't know. It's interesting. Wow. I don't really feel this texture that much on the bottom. It just, because I guess it's so like smooth and round. That's not really, I really don't feel that. You definitely don't want to grip it towards the front because this gets pretty uncomfortable right here. What do you think TCN means? It says it on the cap here. Um, that's a good question. What in the world? Total control network. <laughs> um, what is interesting though is um, it says right on on the pen. Does it really? That. Yeah, it says right on. There we go. And then it says turn this way. It's to, got an arrow. To take off the grip section? That, uh, I guess if you turn the barrel that way, that's what opens that could, it up. That could, so that means that, okay. Yeah, so that's what opens it up. But, but if you turn the... But wait, there's more. Oh, God. Okay. So then you open it up. Oh, what? So this was not... I was not given this pen with a converter in it, but it has like this... What is yellow, that? I don't know. It's like a little... Is it spring-loaded? No. It just is in there and it kind of slides and... All right. Audio listeners, I think I don't know what to tell you. I think you know I what, really don't. You know what I think? I think what this does. I've never seen a mechanism like this. I think when you have it in the pen like this. All right, he's putting the converter in the pen. Yeah, so the converter fits like a normal converter, standard international. I think when you close it, it's got like this little ring in, inside of there. Because if you notice, like when you pull this part out, this kind of like they go inside. They kind of inset a little bit. So I think it's like an assist mechanism to help pull the converter out. What? So if I if I push this down, okay, he's through. I, I can hear it kind of. I can there. hear it kind of click. I heard a click. Yeah. And then as you unscrew it, it feels like you're breaking something. Oh God! But I think what's happening is it's sliding on those little wings. What? Ah! Oh, I just bent it. You just bent it. <laughs> oh, okay. That's not. <laughs> that was what the great. click was. You feel like you're breaking it. Oh, it's broken. Oh, that's because I was breaking it. Okay, well, oh, you know, that's that's a that's a design element. It's a feature, not a bug, oh, folks. Oh wow, what are those supposed to be? I think it's meant to help pull the converter out. Oh god! But you can just pull it. It's not. I don't know. <laughs> to me, you're solving a problem that doesn't really exist. But no. Anyway, there it is. But I've not actually written with this thing yet. Let's let's ink it up. So I thought let's ink it up with. One of the most unique and beautiful ink bottles. It's something. I actually really like this bottle. It's quite practical. And I can show the um, yep. the substantial. I think we talked about this recently. Right? Yes. With our bottle designs. Yes. So this ink, this is Lamy Turquoise, which is like. Which is their best ink. Their best standard the line standard, ink. standard, yeah. Not the crystals, but right. this is the regular. I also like how it's like a spinning top, you know, sort that's, of. That's that, like just that's really a fun. Great idea. And you get your toilet paper here down in the bottom. Yep. Um, that kind of snaps in place. But you get a pretty meaningful like well it in is there meaningful, yes. to stick the nib down. So I was going to see, can I take these gigantic – oops. See, oh, boy. See this? I haven't used this in a while. Okay. There we go. I'm going to take these strong fins and I'm going to put it like all the way down in there and see if I can't ink myself up some Lamy turquoise in my rotring core. Where, see where, oh, okay. It's, it should be in there. It's in there. Now to be fair, I did not clean this pen out. It didn't seem like it was inked. Okay, there we, we go. go. I got some ink. I don't really need to get a full filling, do I? Because nah. I'm not gonna write a full filling with this thing. Um, okay, so there's the ink. 
See, remarkably practical ink bottle. Yeah. I'll, like, I'd give it to Lamy I agree, on this one. but I will, I will say that I think that Lamy could do more with an innovative ink bottle style. I think they could come up with something pretty cool. Maybe, maybe. It is creative. unique. The, the, just the combo of these two, though, I think is like just too much to pass up. All right. Oh, these paper towels are not very absorbent. I know. Look at that. Look at that. Look at my hands. That's usually where I make the most ink messes. All right. Let's see if I can. Inking up and cleaning. You know, break these, break these, pin, <laughs> these pins for good. Okay. So it inks up pretty well. All right. Best pen ever. All right. There's, okay. This ink is a little darker than normal. There might have been some. Schmutz. Some residual something yeah. in there. I did not clean this because uh, whatever. Um, it's interesting. So it's got like a pretty, pretty, you know, like a cut yeah. kind of out of there. And is, I the like, feed's not dragging against the page, is it? No. no. I mean, if I was really going down, then I could. But like literally because of the sunken grip, I can't get it, but so low. Oh, I would have to hold it unnaturally. Okay. Well, good. To kind of get the, you know, to get it on there. And you see, like you actually, you almost really can't rub it on there because this part Oh, right. Actually hits well, that's good. first. So the the feed actually kind of stays completely so out of the way. So Pretty good. Pretty bad. The nib is pretty smooth. I don't know what nib size this is. It seems like a, you know, fine or medium kind of a generic little thing. I like to think it's got its own nib style. It's just called like turbo or something. Yes. This is the, uh, what is this called over here? It's the force resource yeah, nib. There you go. Rotring core. Lamy. Turquoise. I will say this is a better feeling nib than I expected, but there you go. That's the rotoring core. I'm kind of sad that it doesn't like make a weird noise, like with the way the pen looks. You remember those old like, oh, let me um, do you remember those old like? Oh, sh oh and the cap too on the top. Oh yeah, you got a little. It's got like a, a little hex key there. Straight up like yeah, a little Allen nut. like a, a IKEA furniture there you we know, go. thing. Oh, this is. Look at that! Look at that aesthetic. That is a definitely feels a little more substantial in the hand. That cap has got some girth. <laughs> it's got some. It's got meat on its bones yep. here. But yeah, there we go. I don't know. I don't know what to feel about this pen. It's it's kind of like that yeah. Delta Amalfi that I like. Kind of love it because it's so unusual. I think that this pen is more attractive than the Amalfi. I don't know that I would say that. It's a, it's got, well. My thing is that it has a uni, it has a uniformity to it that the Amalfi does not have. Um, it does have a uniformity. Oh God! What to that? Ah! Oh. <laughs> is that weird? Oh, I don't like that at all. No. No, that's terrible. <laughs> that upsets me. <laughs> it definitely doesn't as easily suit your handwriting style. What's what's off for you with that? It it my my fingers are beneath the nib and it just freaks me out. <laughs> it is a little weird. I don't like that one bit. It is a little that's weird. It's very upsetting. I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. It is a little weird. Anyway, that's the Rotring Core. Thought it was interesting to show. Whew. If y'all have any other weird pens that we've never talked about or heard about, I would love to know <laughs> yeah. because this expanded my horizons a little Indeed. bit. All right. Um Next up, Brian, I have a little bit of a surprise. Oh. I have a segment that you're not really ready for. I'm not ready for it. No. You didn't put this in the notes, Drew. No. Because you're totally blindsiding because me. Because I didn't want you to be able to prepare for it. Great. Yes. But, yes, because but, I love not preparing. Hold on. Well, you did know about this, though. You just didn't know it was going to be today. So I did know about it? Ah, yes. Okay, so 
Do you remember when we talked about, you know, we've talked several times about how you're not really in tune with the, uh, with the whole fantasy genre? Yes. Yes. I would say that's very much do you remember, true. Do you remember during the company meeting where I just decided that I would one day give you a mad lib so that you could <laughs> create yes. your own fantasy novel? Oh, yes. I well, remember this. The, an hour after I mentioned that, yeah, your assistant, Jen, created one for me. That's awesome. And I have it here. That's inspiring. And we're going to do that today. To be fair, we have a lot of fantasy fans here at Goulet Pens. I I think I'm in the minority. Oh, absolutely. Of people that just can't fantasy. No, you can't fantasize fantasy. Clearly, with my pen CEO question, I can't even detach myself enough from reality. I have got a lovely story here that I'm going to read after you help create this prose. Am I going to go like Angela Martin style? The uh, silly no, you man. Not. The tall, the t- handsome the gentleman. Tall. Okay, so <laughs> right. as we begin, um, the t- the the, the uh, well here, give 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 me a give me a verb, Brian. A verb. A verb. So this is of a fantasy style, right? So yes. Should I lean into that? You can do whatever you want. Okay. The world is your proverbial oyster, my friend. Okay, let's see here. A verb. Yeah. Give me give me a nice action. <laughs> There's gonna be a bunch <laughs> the of these. The first one that came to mind was like. I don't know how, you know, clean I'm trying to make this. The defecate was the first one that came okay. to mind. Okay, there we go. <laughs> All right. A noun, please. A noun. Um, let's see here. Pancake. All right, beautiful. Adjective, please. Adjective? Oh, boy. What is an adjective? It's like a descriptor, right? Um, <laughs> I haven't done this in such a long time. Adjective, uh, yeah. That would be like a, a color or something to describe. Yeah. Okay. Um, Stinky, brave, lumpy. Desperate. Desperate. God. I'm going for dramatic here. All right. Um, another one. Another adjective? Desperate and what else? Desperate and... Um, Philanthropic. Oh, wow. I don't know why I feel so inclined to use big words. Except pancake. That one's pretty simple. Because I'm kind of hungry. All right. Um, next up, we're going to do an animal, Brian. An animal. Let's go with a griffin. All right. It's fantasy-themed, right? Sort of. You're basically George R.R. R. Martin. Um, don't know who that is. He wrote Game of Thrones. But ah. then again, I guess that was not like super, super high fantasy. Um uh, adjective, please. Adjective. This is another another descriptor. Another descriptor. Um, blue. Goulet blue. How about goulet blue? Oh, okay. Let's work that in there. All right, and a land type. A land type. Yeah, you know, like a cave, mountain. You know, uh, uh, mm. plains. Archipelago. Oh my god. Okay. I feel like we've been hearing a lot about those with Oppenheimer and all that stuff. Okay, a plural noun. A plural noun. People's places or things is. Kittens. Kittens. Okay, um, an adjective again. Adjective. Strong. All right, mythical creature, not non-griffin this time. A mythical creature. Let's go with the Hydra. Ooh, good one. Hydra's cool. All right, a color, Brian. A color? 
Um, let's go with puce. Puce. Clothing item. Clothing item. Cargo shorts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we might need to fast forward some of this. Um, a place. Place. Let's go with uh, Cave of Wonders from Aladdin. Okay. And then another animal. Non-mythical this time. Uh, Komodo dragon. All right. And then an adjective. Sticky. Oh, yes. All right. And now a, a skill. A skill. Yes. Hmm. Um, I don't know, like a marksman, like marksmanship, something. I don't know how that grammatically fits in there. Marksmanship. Marksmanship. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Adjective, please. Adjective. Um, let's go with thorny. Ooh, good one. And a feeling. A feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, mm, let's see here. I was thinking like trepidation. I don't mm. know if that's a feeling. Trepidated. No, that's not a no. word. Um, oh, let's go with, uh, uh, I don't know. Eager. Okay. Trepidation. You're making me realize I didn't make these blank spaces long enough <laughs> for your marksmanship and philanthropic. That's right. All right. Plural. No, oh, sorry. Uh, verb. Verb. Mm-hmm. Action. Slapping. Or slap. Slapped. Okay. Whatever, whatever fits. Uh, plural noun. Plural noun. Let's go with um, twice baked potatoes. Ooh. Rachel loves this. Okay, adjective. Adjective? Um, mystical. Of course. Another feeling. Another feeling. Comforting. Comforted. Comfort. Okay. Another noun? Another noun. Let's go with... Mm, dragon. There you go. That's a noun, right? Mm-hmm. An animal can be a noun. Yeah. Uh, another noun? Another noun. Um, magic school bus. <laughs> An extinct animal. An extinct animal. Mm -hmm. Megalodon. Ooh, good one. Landmass. Landmass? That's what it says, yeah. Pangea. <laughs> Nothing gets more Let's go with the, the OG landmass. <laughs> okay, almost done. Um, occupation. Occupation? Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. <laughs> Let's go with um beekeeper. <laughs> Noun. Noun. Mm-hmm. Table. <laughs> I love lamp. Okay, and then one more adjective. Adjective. Um, industrious. Okay. I have no idea. All right, we are done. What is about to happen? You just wrote a fantasy story, Brian. I did. Yes, you did. And we are going to read it together. And okay. everybody at home is going to just Let's read it together. be enraptured. <clears throat> okay. And what? Uh, are we literally going to read it together? Like... No, no, I'm going to read it. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, I got it. I'm going to do. I'm going to try to do it in a voice. I'm going to. I'm going to just totally butcher a, uh, a John Hurt. I think. <clears throat> okay. In a mystical realm known as the defecating pancake, <laughs> a desperate philanthropic hero embarked on an audacious quest. The realm teetered on the edge of peril, and as malevolent sorceress had pilfered the enchanted fountain pen, an influential artifact crucial for upholding the balance of magic. Accompanied by a steadfast griffin, the hero voyaged through treacherous Goulet Blue land. No, sorry. Uh, uh, through treacherous Goulet Blue archipelagos. <laughs> where ancient kittens murmured long-forgotten secrets. <laughs> Along the journey, a strong hydra bestowed upon them the magical puce cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Adept at conquering even the most shadowy of adversaries, the journey led through an enchanted cave of wonders where melodies of forgotten legends resonated within the trees. In a concealed glade, a playful Komodo dragon <laughs> offered to guide them to the sorceress's lair. Yet, before proceeding, the hero needed to surmount a daring challenge, a sticky test of marksmanship, a marksmanship <laughs> that left them breathless. At the foot of a thorny, eager mountain, the hero <laughs> confronted the sorceress in an epic clash of slapping. Sparks ignited, twice-baked potatoes flared, and the very earth quaked beneath their feet. At the peak of the confrontation, the hero unleashed a mystical spell fueled by comfort. <laughs> and, the magic, fueled by comfort. <laughs> and the magic of the enchanted fountain pen. As the sorceress's powers ebbed, a final surge signaled her defeat. With the enchanted fountain pen reinstated, reinstated, the town was rescued from impending dragon. <laughs> Okay, it's a noun. Intending dragon. Uh, the realm celebrated the hero's valor, and the hero and the leader rewarded them with a magic school bus. <laughs> also a megalodon. <laughs> okay. and, a, and, a, and a Pangea to claim as their own. <clears throat> Thus the hero returned home, eternally revered as the beekeeper of table. Their legendary chronicle <laughs> kindling the spirits of industrious adventures for ages to come. Wow. There you go, Brian. Wow. Never let it be said that you the, lack... The Puce cargo shorts, I think, are <laughs> what got me the most. That was good. There we go. Wow. Puce All cargo right. shorts. I think I've got a gift Industrious beekeepers. That's right. The world over. That's right. 
All right. Well, if that wasn't enough nonsense, <laughs> now we can move on to the officially scheduled the, nonsense the, uh, Regularly scheduled nonsense. Regularly scheduled nonsense. Of what's happening. Yes. And I'll let you start it off, Drew. Woo. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we had a Friday half day for our mental health. And uh, uh, speaking of John Hurt, the mentally healthy thing I did was watch Hellboy 2 um, ah. with, with, with my son. So okay. I was going to watch something on my own that maybe not maybe not would have been kid appropriate i still need to watch everything everywhere all at once i know that that's not a kid i've heard that's really good i know it's been on my list but archer was there um having had the day off of um you know his summer program so he was there and i elected to let him pick and you know he liked the first hellboy so we watched the second one Hmm. a lot of good um makeup and costumes in that one that's a guillermo del toro movie so he's always very much into practical effects all the creatures and stuff are non-cg yeah it looks really cool that's cool so that was a fun watch um i think we we had some nachos during that too and Mm. uh i finished building my uh my gundam model oh yeah so that was fun archer helped me with that at first he was pretty intimidated by it but after he saw how cool it looked he got very much into it and everything snapped together with alarming precision hmm. like lego level oh, precision that's very satisfying oh it was so satisfying i didn't expect it i as, hmm. as a plastic just snap together model i was expecting it to be kind of like don't touch it okay. like leave it alone yeah. it's gonna fall apart but no not only did everything fit together marvelously but you can totally play with it like an action figure like it is solid it looks awesome like you and joseph would probably love playing with these things like it was a, Definitely, what I need is another. It was a ton of fun. Hobby. <laughs> it was a it was a ton of fun it does to put look together. Really cool. Yeah, so that was fun. Uh, Saturday, we went to get haircuts, me and Archer, um, and then we went to a wedding. It was kind of like a impromptu thing, not like a super, just kind of a very small group of people. But mm. um, yeah, we went to uh, uh, Maymont to nice. do a wedding. So they got married down at the Japanese gardens, and Archer just climbed on a bunch of rocks and you know mm. look away for one second, and he's sitting there with a with a with a stick and then a pointy piece of mulch hmm. and he's got like some sort of grass that he's using to wrap the pointy piece of mulch onto the end of the stick to make a spear wow um so he's just like fashioning fashioning a, a weapon at a, you know at a wedding yeah so he just kind of walked very, around with that for the game rest of thrones yeah. Him. yeah yeah he just walked around with that for the rest of the trip so hey, i was like all right works. yep him, him just he's, he's doing that um and uh oddly enough like we hadn't been to a wedding in a long time and surprisingly we have another one in october so i'm just like kind of weddings kind of back to back here coming up with i haven't been to a wedding in years so last wedding i went yeah it's been a while um you know we're you know approaching 40 just fewer people few of our peers are getting married these days yeah uh but i will say that the wedding in october brian Mm -hmm. the attire medieval guard optional whoa so yeah very much a theme wedding it is a themed wedding um medieval garb yeah sounds kind of awesome like they're they're big renaissance fair people ah so um uh, shannon kind of wants to do it so i mean you've got i don't have like a cloak thing but that's more like a western no 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 it's a it's a medieval i bought a a medieval cloak the one time i went to a rent fair i bought it there yeah that's pretty cool technically i believe it's a highwayman highwayman cloak but uh i don't know how to like dress that up 
I, I don't know how to I feel like we got some folks how to like make Crystal. that work. Yeah, we got some folks around here that could probably yeah. so I need to right need to find something. So we got some, that, we got some Ren Fair people here. That's pretty exciting. I could yeah. you know come up with something. I've for that. I've never been to like a themed wedding like that. Oh, neither have I. All of mine have been remarkably. Neither have I. It's one boring. of those things where it's optional, but I think they want people to do it. So we'll see. Um, on a Sunday morning, it was a delightful morning because I got Waffle House. Nice. That was special. You know, Shannon said. Hey, we don't really have a lot of groceries. We need to go to the grocery store, but uh, we can go out. I'm like, yeah, we can. How about Waffle House? And Archer was super into that too. So she got nice. outvoted. Waffle House. You didn't sit at the bar though, did you? No, no not with three people. Get a table. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. And then, uh, yeah, we just ran some errands. We tried to go get some like last minute t shirts for Archer for back to school, but Old Navy and Gap kids were just totally picked out, over. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have jack. Yeah, so. like everybody's starting school right now. So yeah, like, so, you know, I, we, we knew it was a risk, but, yeah. you know, yeah, that didn't really play out. I uh, went to Target and I had to buy at Target a bar soap travel, you know, container yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I switched to bar soap like a couple months ago and, you know, it's been nice, but I'm like, I can't remember the last time I've ever had to travel with it, hmm. but I'm going to go to the San Francisco Pen Show next weekend. Right, so right. I, I wanted to, you know, do that. So yeah. I wasn't putting soggy soap into my little yeah. carry on thing. Usually so, when I travel like that, I had one of those and then I like lost it and I just didn't replace it. Yeah. And then I found it like 10 years later. It was at my in-laws. How about that? So I, I left it there at some point and it got like put into a drawer and I don't go like into drawers when I go places. I will, like, I will I'm, say, I'm like not one of those people. Like if I go to a hotel or something, like I'm living out of my suitcase. I'm yeah. not hanging stuff up in the closet. I'm nah. not putting things in drawers because nah. I'll forget stuff. Oh, absolutely. But, I forget stuff even when I don't do that. But I know plenty of other people that are like the first thing they do, they go and they like unpack their whole suitcase. They put it in all the drawers and the dressers and all kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'll do that if I'm staying. I respect that. If I'm staying for more than two nights, I will. Like at, at Disney, I'll, I'll probably do that. Um, yeah, especially but, if like there's other people around. Yeah, like, but if I'm if room. I'm if it's just like two nights, nah. Yeah, absolutely not, not worth it. Okay. But also like th- this little soap thing. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know why I'm hung up on this. But the soap thing wasn't just a square. It was like curved, like I- inward on both sides. Curved inward. Yeah, like on both sides. Yeah, and I'm like, why? Why? Why are you just assuming that soap naturally is that shape or like wears down to that? My, my soap's a bar. It's a brick. It's just a rectangle like or it's usually like the other way around it's like yeah fatter in the middle yeah like, so like that irritated me i'm like why don't you just interesting like that's gonna i don't even know if it's gonna fit in there i mean whatever i'll oh, it's just so i don't care it's not like it's gonna make anything dirty it's literally soap so yeah. you know what i've done when i've traveled before and i like didn't have a case or whatever i would just bring a fresh bar of cargo soap. pants no i would bring <laughs> like pants. a brand new bar of soap like in the box yeah use that on my trip and then just leave it that's not crazy yeah. Soap's pretty cheap. I, I've been ordering soap from a website. Oh, I know. Getting well, kind of bougie well, here, aren't you, Drew? Brian Brian K, who got me started doing the fancy shaving, okay. um, you know, ordered his shave soap from this website that uh there was a, a, a shave soap that smelled really, really good. And mm-hmm. he's like, Well, they make that in uh in like a body soap too. I was like, Really? And I like the way it smelled, so I ordered some. So yeah. There you go. This is, I'm on my third bar. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's really weird. I never thought I'd be the type of person ordering soap one on of the those internet, guys but now, huh? Yeah. I just like the way it stinks, man. All right. Uh, and then, yeah, first day of school, as you know, that happened. Mm. Um, Archer came back after the first day. He was pretty pleased, but his 
third grade teacher, moved up to fourth grade. So he was hopeful to get her, didn't get her, mm. and his two best friends, also neither of them were in his class, and both of them are together in the other uh, teacher's class. Oh, that stinks. So he was super upset about that. Yeah, that's upsetting. Yeah. I that's told him, upsetting. I was like, yeah, that, that sucks, bro. I'm like, that, yeah. no, no two jo- ways about Joseph it. Joseph had that a couple of years ago. I think it was when he got into sixth grade maybe. Yeah. So he had like all, like didn't know a lot of the kids yeah. and his like two best friends were in like a bunch of each other's classes and he had no classes with either of them. Yeah, that stinks. But he made new friends. Yeah, you know? and if, you know, and, and, and we know that'll happen, but it's hard to tell them that yeah. that's going to happen. So yep. that was a bit of a bummer. And the only thing he got upset about was the fact that he was going to have to learn cursive. Well, he came home. He's like, "They're gonna make us learn cursive, and I'm not gonna be able to do it. I'm gonna get an F." I'm like, "Archer, you haven't even tried yet, dude. I would love to help you learn cursive. Like, yeah. cursive kind of pays our bills, buddy. Like, yeah, right. you know, <laughs> man, he is just like horrified at that. I'm like, dude, trust me. There's gonna be crappier parts of your year than cursive. Yeah. Just so, wait. also, I think he's getting a recorder very soon. So I'm super excited about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have four recorders in our house. <laughs> Maybe Good. five. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. We did our share of recorder concerts yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So that's a thing. So I got that look yep. to look forward to. Oh, but, that's um, exciting. Yeah. Other than that, I'm just focusing on the San Francisco show. So I'll be there late Thursday night, but I'll be there. If anybody else will be there, I'll see you all day Friday and or all day Saturday because that is when I will be there. Yeah. Looking forward to it. It's a very, very fun show. Yep. Um, Go and, up and talk to Drew. Don't be afraid to talk to him. Nope. Not He's unless, very talk- unless I'm like purposely trying to scare you, mm. but then that'll be very obvious. Yeah. Very yeah. obvious. He makes it obvious. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yep. You'll wear that medieval cloak thing. It'd be very ominous. Probably a princess Leia outfit. Speak up on people. Okay. That's yeah. a look too. Mm-hmm. You know? All right. Um. Okay. You done? I am done. All right. I don't have that much to talk about this week. Honestly, my kids started school as well. They're both in middle school now. Mm. It's kind of crazy. And uh, yeah, we had like open houses last week. So got to go around, walk through the whole school for both of their schedules on their A day and their B day, which it was like different kid on each day. So we went back to the school twice, walked through all that. Very interesting dynamic, especially with Ellie. Ellie's a little more like me. She's a little more free spirited, not a super hardcore planner. Joseph and Ellie, or Joseph and Rachel, a little more of the planner, like optimizer, like this is the shortest path to get to the classroom and thinking about, oh, well, you go here and then there's lunch and then this and then you have to go to the bathroom. And Ellie was very much like didn't want to hear advice, needed to find her, literally find her own path through the school. That sounds like like my son. It was an interesting dynamic. Like my son is both anxious and unprepared. But also doesn't want help, so it's like well, the worst a, of both worlds. A great combination. Oh, it's terrible. He <laughs> yeah. like he's terrified of everything, but also like don't, don't try to tell him anything. Oh, don't try to help him. Don't like he wants to figure it out on his own, but also he hates it. Oh, and doesn't wow. and wants to know it already. Like it's just oh, that's fun. I will say that Rachel fun. did inform me and show me something that made me think that Joseph does have a bit of Brian. You know? Oh yeah, how so? Uh, I do know you just purchased some new. Shirts, but I did. But you, but you, one of them. But you also have, have you also have been known to kind of you know have a pretty you know stock library of clothing. You know, I got that, some greatest hits that that I'll cycle through. 
in in that vein, <laughs> she showed me a picture of Joseph on the first day of school this year oh, yeah. and Joseph on the first day of school last year. Yep. Absolutely the same shorts, absolutely the same shirt. Literally the same outfit. Yeah. <laughs> I think he I'm trying to remember because he's he's big and he's grown. He, she says that he didn't plan that, but he might have. I don't know. I don't think he planned it because it's what he wore last year. I, I think, think she, it was just what he wanted to wear on I his first day. I think that she said that that was his favorite shirt. Yeah, it is. It so, is. um, yeah, I thought I was like, that. that's a little bit of Brian and a little bit of his dad, a little bit. Just like, you know, this is what I got. This is what I like. I'm a fan of this, and that's yeah. just that's just that. And if I could buy multiples of this, I would. You know, yep. that sort of. I made vibe. I made one suggestion to him on the the sock thing, which is you know because it's like you're a kid and you have socks and it's like whatever they don't really know what's going on. Socks end up everywhere. <laughs> they don't match them up. They don't you know they're inside out and sideways and they'll mm-hmm. do whatever. But then he reached that point where he was like outgrowing his like little kid socks, yeah. and he needed some new socks. And I was like. All right, dude, your like feet are getting big. You're not into like the kid socks anymore. Yeah. I was like, here's how you do it. You take the sock, you find out what you like, you buy all new socks. There we go. At the same time, make them identical. Yes. That way it doesn't matter. You don't have to match them up or anything. And you just go with that. And he like latched onto that. There we and go. Now he's like all what is it, the calf length white socks. Yeah, man. Like a middle-aged dad. Yep. And he's, he's just rocking so, that. So look. yeah, he he's got a he's got a little bit of definitely. He's definitely got some he he's definitely got some big Rachel vibes, but yeah. every now and then you can you definitely can pick out some Brian. Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's definitely got some goulet, you he, know. He appreciates some cargo shorts. <laughs> he likes to have his like pencil and pencil sharpener and like all this he stuff. He keeps his pencil sharpener on him? Yes, so that he can sharpen his pencil at all times cuz he draws That's a amazing. lot and stuff like that. He's like I mean, you remember me. I was very particular about like I had a mechanical pencil, like a Dr. Grip oh, yeah, I remember mechanical that pencil, and that was like oh, yeah. my thing. And like my mm-hmm. Pilot Precise V5, mm-hmm. I would carry that around in blue usually. And like those were just like, I had those with me. And I had one of those like clicky eraser kind of pencil things, you know, where it's like, oh, yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it was like the long dangly. Yeah, it's like white the white thing. floppy. Yeah, and you yeah, can yeah. Like you always go all the way it up and it's like, like <laughs> Yeah, we always and you just did like that. click it and yep. might have already been like a, a, a fidgety kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. I would take that Dr. Grip apart all the time. All the time. And build, you know, little rubber band like, you know, spit shooter guns oh, yeah. and stuff like that in class. Yeah, did, did all that all the time. Um, nice. Yeah, so anyway, that, so to go to go back to it, the open house thing, that was, that was an interesting dynamic. I was along for the ride on that one because Rachel, like she's usually right and she knows the most efficient way to do things. And Joseph has been at the school. He's eighth grade. He's like, he knows how to get around the school. And to, to see Ellie like want to figure it out her own way oh, and man. not take their advice and refuse their advice uh, was, yeah, there was some, definitely some feelings being had all oh, around. Man. And Rachel was also just like, Oh, this is how I treated my mother when I was that age. And she was like, I was kind of rebellious and resistant too. So she's like feeling kind of both sides of that. And I was like, it's okay. It's the age. It's just, you know, and it got to the point where (laughs) like Ellie really wanted to just like find her. But we were there for an hour and a half, by the way, walking around. She went, you know, she's a long hour and a half too. Yeah. Just walking around the whole, the school, the whole time on these like concrete floors. But, um, I mean, she's she's great, and she's you know. It's, I was like, look, whatever it takes to feel confident about going into your school, and I, I, you know, the thing I tried to comfort my kids with is, you know, my story. I don't know if I've I've 
told this a lot recently because my kids just went back to school, but I don't know if I've mentioned on the pencast. So my first day of sixth grade, um, you know, we're in kind of a rural area. So like the middle school and the high school were next to each other and it shared the same bus route. Um, and I had an older sister. So her first day of ninth grade in the high school was my first day of sixth grade. So, you know, I wasn't really thinking that much when we got to school after riding the bus in the morning on my first day of sixth grade. And I just followed my sister right off the bus to the high school. So I straight up got off at the wrong school. I don't think I've heard this either. Yeah, I did oh that. Oh, my gosh. And I got like a good 20, 30 feet away from the bus. And my bus driver like realized I got off and like honked the oh, horn good. and like waved me back. Oh, my God. But I think I and I was like, what's going on? And she like waved me back on the bus. She was like, this is the high school. And I was like, oh, I was like super embarrassed and stuff. But I could have been like, a lot worse. Just imagine if I like walked into the school oh and realized I was like, oh, my gosh. So. Yeah. So the thing I tell my kids is I was like, well, if you at least make it to the right school, you're ahead of where I was on my first day. Yep. You know, so that's sort of disarming and, you know, funny. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the thing. So it was it was interesting watching Rachel just like try to like bite her tongue. Oh it was God. like it was like, Rachel, just let Ellie go. Like, we're just going to follow her. Wherever she needs to go, that to would comfortable be around the school. That would be me. And Shannon would be telling me to yeah. just chill out. And so she, Rachel would be sitting here and Ellie would start to like go down a path. And she'd be like, look at the sign. It's it's that way. And I'm like, Rachel, just, just, oh she's not listening to anything you're saying. Just, just like Zen state. And just, you know, it's interesting, these dynamics. The yeah, family, it's weird. Like you know? Shannon and I, I'm usually the more calm, <laughs> relaxed one when yeah. it comes to, you know, anxiety and stress. Sure. But with Archer and... Yeah, helping him like mm. I have a, I'm the one that has a hard time oh, yeah. not telling him the right way to do things mm. so mm-hmm. I'm way more particular about things than she is she's always the one in any other aspect of our life I'm the one that's a little bit more like you know you know hey let's just roll with the punches you know there's nothing we can do it just yeah. is what it is yeah but when it comes to Archer I just like no 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 not it's not that that's not the way you, no you gotta make sure it, mm-hmm. and she's the one that's just like mm-hmm. how the turntables gotta look at I, I I have to look at her <laughs> see if she's giving me the look and I'm just like ah, okay okay not gonna worry about it <laughs> it doesn't funny. affect me it doesn't negatively affect me it is interesting how different things like trigger him, certain memories him getting into the bed and covering up with just his comforter lying on top of the sheets but he's covering up with the opposite end of his comforter because it's twisted down at the bottom mm. i'm like mm. that doesn't affect me it doesn't affect me if that's the way he wants to cover himself up that's fine yeah but in, inside i'm screaming yeah i'm just like just just straighten it at least like, gotta find their own way man yep gotta find their own way i'm getting better it's good good you're growing yeah i've even talked to him about it i'm like i i because he the boy gets in his bed the most irritating way is just laying on top of things, yeah. laying the wrong way. I'm just like, Argh. and I told him like, hey, Archer, this doesn't bother, this, I'm, I'm going to stop worrying about this because it doesn't affect me. It doesn't negatively affect me. I just want you to know that your dad's working on some stuff too. Yeah. And that's something that used to, you know, I had a hard time with it, but uh, <laughs> I just want you to know, like, just because I tell you that you need to work on some stuff doesn't mean that I'm not also working on some stuff. Yeah. We've all got things yep. working on. And I want you to yep. know that this is something I'm working on. Yeah. So you could let me know. It's a double-edged sword sharing that kind of stuff with your kids because then they are able to point that kind of stuff out to you yep. later on. Yep. I share the things with him that I don't <laughs> mind him pointing out. Like little Fair things enough. like that. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give him, cause I just, I think it's a good gesture and yeah, I think that yeah. tra- that transparency is healthy, but yeah. anything more serious than that, I might keep to myself for the time being, but well, it'll yeah. come out at some point. Yeah, probably we'll pick up on more than probably, you want yeah. and then it'll happen. <laughs> I have no doubt. Yeah. It's interesting for me though. Cause like we, both kids are at the same school now and that hasn't happened in years. Yeah. Years. So they were like little kids, <clears throat> like basically in like booster seats. Last time I was driving both of them to school at the same time because they've been going to separate schools and to have both of them in the car this morning as i was driving them in i was like this is a new dynamic oh yeah like to, for me especially because like normally we go places as a family it's not as often i'm alone taking both my kids somewhere yeah so just working that dynamic this out feels weird who gets the front seat it was ellie of course because <laughs> she it wasn't even conversation. She just went right for oh it. Oh, my God. That girl. Listened to Hamilton songs on the way in. Nice. Belted out some good Hamilton oh. songs. So that was fun, you Love know? Because I was like, okay, both kids in the car. Whose playlist do I play? Because they each have their own music playlist. But they the Nation's playlist. Yeah. Hamilton's a good middle ground. They're both they're both oh, happy with that. Fantastic. So I'll have to good see kids. how long. I mean, good kids. might keep up with it. But anyway. Um, okay. Then I, you know... We talked about like hobbies and things where you kind of like cut yourself off and stuff like that. We've been known to discuss hobbies here. I feel like I'm teetering with that right now. Uh Uh-oh. Because thanks to BK, the other Brian, Mm -hmm. or I call myself the other Brian. He's he's Brian on the other Brian. Um, But yeah, he he had this uh, lock picking set. Oh, yeah. Has he shown you that thing? He told me. He told me when he ordered it. Yes. So I've watched Lock Picking Lawyer. Oh, and no, stuff no, no, on no, he, no. He did show me the set. The yeah, little clear, like a, the it's clear, a clear lock. Yep. lock with some lock picking tools. So you can like pick this, like, you know, new button. He did I show me the that, type, yeah. type of lock that it's called. But I've had some interest in doing that before, but I never wanted to fully get into it. And full disclosure here, I actually have like a whole lock picking set because Brian Gray of Edison Pens also got really into lock picking. That doesn't surprise me and he was, one and bit. He, yeah, I know. And he was like, I got super into it and like, I'm pretty good now. So he's like, I'm just going to send it to you. You keep it for a while, play with it whenever you want and send it back to me at some point. And that was like at the start of COVID. And I have not touched this thing since then because I was like, this is too much. And then, you know, Brian gave me that one. I was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. And then I was just like, ah, it's just another thing. So I don't know. We'll see. But it was pretty fun to be able to like pick a lot. I mean, lock, yeah, you've got you've got you know? like you know seventeen sheds. You need to be able to get into them if they accidentally if you lose the keys. I know, I know. It's pretty fun. There's so many different types of locks. Ah, I know. I like watching that channel from time to time. I know. I know. So anyway, I'm on the precipice deciding if that. But of course, I'm like, I'm like in the living room, like showing Rachel that, and she's just like, "What the? Now you're lock picking? Oh yeah. If the hatchets aren't enough. The archery." The throwing knives, the tree felling. Oh, yeah, like, that, that's where me does telling, it end? That's me telling Shannon about like all the <laughs> roadblocks I'm hitting with this Halloween costume I'm making for Archer. I'm like, all right, so here's what happened. I sanded this down, and I was going to glue this part to this part, but then I realized that that's not the part that needs to be sanded. That's the opposite end. So then I had to just switch this around, and I made it work. She's just like she's trying like, so hard. She's I, I just like she's so nice. She's trying so hard to be like, wow, that's not wow, wow, that's really cre- you know, really, really good problem solving. I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, thank you. You know, I, you know how much Rachel tries with that type of stuff. It me. sounds like Shannon probably tries more than Rachel does. <laughs> Rachel won't feign interest. I'll put it that way by trying. Like she's she's listening and and trying to track, but then she reaches a point where she's like, you can stop talking now. Like I'm not absorbing anything. <laughs> 
You're literally <laughs> no, just wasting. Shannon, you're just wasting your breath. Shannon really does try. You know? she, she does try. I'll <laughs> give her that. Oh man. Um, and then uh, yeah, I mentioned what is it? A few weeks ago, I like went and like cleaned my sister's deck and fence and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Power washing. Well, some time has gone by and it's nice and dry, and I had some time, so. I went and sealed all that stuff. So I have this airless sprayer. And this is like how I paid my way through college. Like I've sealed many, many decks and fences and stuff like that. So it was a bit like riding a bike. And uh, so she has like a 400 square foot deck with railings and everything. Seems large. And it's a pretty good sized deck. And then it was like 800 feet of fence and two shed ramps and an entire play set. And I used 10 gallons of material. I didn't quite make it all the way to the fence, but I sealed all of that. Wow. In like six hours. Sounds amazing. I love sealing. Because most of my day here at work is like, let me have a meeting and come up with an idea and we'll try something. And three weeks later, we'll see if maybe it did something. And, you know. It's, it's nice to be able to point and not say, well, look, I did directly, that thing. Yeah, not as directly tangible. Yeah. You know, shooting videos like this, a little more tangible. Mm-hmm. But when I go and it's like, that grass needs to be cut. I've cut it and now it's cut. Yep. Or that thing needs to be painted and I've painted it now and now it's painted. That's probably good therapy. It's good. It's, yeah. That's yeah. why I'm like, you know, I like helping my family out with I'm, that kind of stuff. I'm certain that is good for your mental health. For sure. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like riding a bike. So I was like, just working so freaking fast. Well, it was you, so gratifying. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, you've <laughs> always had like a sense of a hustle. And yeah. I think that that entrepreneurial nature of you, like, you know, being as driven as you are, yeah. reaching the point in your professional life uh, to the point where you no longer get that, you know, immediate gratification has mm. got to be, you're, 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 you're still able to use the hustle, yeah. but you don't yeah. get, you don't get that reward for the hustle at like you used to in the earlier days. Yeah. Sort of different. It's like, well, it's like, it's like parenting, like parenting young kids, toddler, like is very physical and you're doing a lot and you're like watching out for everything. Parenting, like as you approach to like middle school age, you're not like the one doing as much, but it's more of a mental game. Yeah. And you're like trying to teach and you ask questions. Did they learn that? I don't know. And you have to kind of like maneuver and da 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 and trying to teach them lessons and reinforce and, you know, it's a different thing. Yeah, when they're a baby, still look, parenting. This baby is clean and it is asleep and it has yeah. a good and its diaper's not full of crap. Like yeah. I win. Or it's like I do some like I did a good thing. Stupid face and yes. they laugh and it's achievement. Yeah, parenting right doesn't necessarily work quite the no. same. So you're you're you're, you're parenting so it's, a. It's like a different game. Yeah. You're parenting a middle school business now. Yeah, kind of. That's kind of what it feels like, which is gratifying in its own way. But it's a little different. So it is nice to like get my hands dirty a little bit. For real, yeah. Kind of literally. I so, can understand that. So I did that. And uh, yeah, my mental health half day, um, I did some, <laughs> I did a little bit of work. We were working on doing a lot of like password cleanup stuff, as yeah. you know. Um, but, you know, we use a program to manage all of our passwords. And just we've been using it for a decade. And we just needed to clean up a bunch of stuff. So it's been a big initiative for us this month. And I was just doing a whole bunch of that myself. And it's a lot. There's some 18... 18 to 1900 passwords that we got in our system. And it's a lot to keep track of, but we're making great progress. And I was able to cross some hurdles on Friday. So even though it was still kind of working, it was good mental health for me to like button some of that stuff up. So well, as a business owner, cool. making sure that, you know, your business doesn't face as many dangers as it could. Like, you know, oh, yeah. installing a, a sprinkler system, a installing paranoia. a security yeah. system. Oh, like, yeah. It, it it makes it one less mm-hmm. thing to worry about, one less thing for to sure. be paranoid about. For sure, for sure. 
Um, and then I just kind of chilled with Rachel and the kids. And, you know, it was like the last weekend before school started. So we wanted to like do something as a family. And for whatever reason, they love Olive Garden. That's like their dream restaurant to go to. The kids? Yeah. Nice. And we're like, really? They have a pretty solid like, kids Olive menu. Olive Garden's fine. Well, they're not eating kids menus anymore. Oh, that's right. My kids are like. That's right. Both of them are now taller and heavier than Rachel. So she's the also, she's the runt of the that. family now. Yeah. Yeah, okay. which is crazy. So yeah, they go and they get full meals. Yeah. Know? So it's a full meal experience cost wise for us to go as a family. But you know, they'll you will you get leftovers and stuff like that. So it works. And they love the breadsticks and the oh, whole yeah. thing. So absolutely. I think they like that. But you know, sometimes that was their big thing. Shannon sometimes gets uh they, they her and her friends do this thing where they just all go and get takeout side items from places. Oh, so it's like, yeah. so it's like a side item, side item sampler thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And her like go to thing is to go and get Olive Garden breadsticks, and it is always mm. like the hit of the event <laughs> because someone's showing nice. up with just a crap ton of Olive Garden breadsticks. It's like it's it's easily the best part of oh, Olive yeah. Garden. So like you know, someone's like, oh hey, look, I've got you know a. Uh, you know, mm. some nachos from this place. Oh, right. look, I've got some. I got, I got a some, question for you. Some dip from this place. Oh, I've got Olive Garden breadsticks. Boom. Boom. Throw down the gauntlet. Mm? Who, what restaurant do you think has the best bread? Um, I or like. What are some top breads? What are some of your top breads? Top breads. So any place with jalapeno cornbread. Oh. So that is. An, Who has jalapeno cornbread? Uh, barbecue places often have it. Uh, um, okay. Okay. Uh, we actually went to, uh, when we went to Shag Bark, they had some spicy cornbread yeah, they there. Yeah, they did. They did have So they that. had it there. Uh, I believe that Food for Thought in Williamsburg has um, jalapeno cornbread. Mm. So yeah, if, if someone has jalapeno it's cornbread, bread, yeah. it is. But when it's there, I get so excited. So How do you feel about the <clears throat> biscuits that they have at Red Lobster? Uh, a, cheddar, a bit much. Like biscuits or whatever? A bit much. I haven't been to Red Lobster probably since Archer was born. You can buy that biscuit mix. We've ha- we had Red some. Lobster. We had we, some. We, we never used that. it. We threw it away. It expired. Oh, I you like know. it. I like it. Does it work? Like, I like it, yeah. Th- yeah. It comes out okay? I haven't eaten at the restaurant in I don't know how long. Yeah, so it, for me, it's been it, it's been probably 10 plus years. It's but good. Um, the last time I did go there, I remember like, it was probably 10 years ago. I remember being excited about the, oh yeah, the Red Lobster biscuits or whatever. And then I got them, I'm like, it was a bit much. Oh, yeah. It was a very intense flavor. It was. It, yeah. I, it, was, it was more oily than I remembered because oh, I remember I had them when I was like a teenager, and mm. I was like, "Oh yeah, they're so good." But then I went there as, as an adult, and I was like, "Not." Mm. They did not make me feel good. Mm. Yeah, so I was a little. But okay. I do. I do like a very uh, every now and then, you know, a very airy like dinner roll mm. that's like buttered. Mm-hmm. Like that's nice. Okay, like a Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, yeah, those are good. <sighs> they got some strong bread there. Yeah. That's that good. butter, that apple, I like, like I cinnamon like, butter or whatever it is. I like is. just about any bread. Anytime there's free bread at a restaurant, I'm like, that's the best. That's delightful. It's the best. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Italian is, restaurants with like the, the, the bread and the oil situation. Like, mm, yep. Mm-hmm, Put mm-hmm. a ton of cheese and pepper in the mm-hmm. oil. Outback Steakhouse, that like brown mm, kind of pumper in the not, not as Not as into that. Okay. No, but whatever. Put enough butter on anything. It's good. Mm. Mm. You know, it's good. Firebirds, you know, their bread. Looks like a butt. Oh yeah, butt bread's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good it's butt got like bread. Little, little, little. You know, right where to cut things on them, like little. I don't know what they are. Yeah, little panko or like little whatever. Get some things on there. Seeds or whatever. Some seeds. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Pretzel bread. That that's like next level for they don't, me. They don't give that in Pretzel restaurants bread. though. Um, who is it? I think Cheesecake Factory. Maybe? Really? Or 
Cheesecake Factory is one of those places that gives you like a variety of breads. You don't do get they? a variety of breads. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know who has the best bread? Who has the best bread? It's kind of specific. Sorry, we're just I'm hungry right now. <laughs> um, Sweetwater Tavern. So it's like the Great American Restaurants. I, I think it's only in the DC uh-huh. area. They have the Aussie rolls. They're like these little these little rolls. They they almost taste like donuts. Oh wow! But they're not they're not really sweet, but they're like the consistency of like donut holes. Interesting. Oh my gosh, they're so good. Oh, they're so good. All right. Well, we are at uh, two fifteen now. So oh yeah, probably... so we can get a move on. <laughs> You're here. like I didn't do much this weekend. Oh, well, here we oh, go. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I can still talk even though I don't do much. All right, we got some company updates, and then we'll wrap this sucker up. All right. Um, well, we do have a new video by this guy, Drew. Best pens in every color. So that's exciting. Yeah. These best pen things. Best this, top that. Those videos tend to do pretty well. On yeah, I don't have a problem forcing my opinions on others. Yeah, I found absolutely. that I can do that without much hesitation yeah. or consideration. It's good. It's entertaining. Yeah. We like it. It's not biased at all. Yeah. Completely, uh, you know, completely objective. That's right. Research. And then if all goes to plan, next week, we're going to have a new video. Have we talked about this at all yet in the podcast? I don't think so. I don't know that we have. We were going to talk about teasing it out. And we should tease it. We can tease it. There's nobody's listening at this point. <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> That's They're true. <laughs> That's true. So Drew came up with a new idea, a video idea, and we sort of ran with it, of doing a fountain pen hall of fame. Now, those of you that know us well know that we are very into sports things. And yes, yeah, so we're very aware of all the award ceremonial things involved with halls, <clears throat> halls of fames. Um, so anyway, we take our own spin on it. So we're going to be inducting some pens into our own Hall of Fame. So, Which pen will get inducted yes. first, you ask? <gasps> yeah. Who knows? Speculate. Speculate away. I think y'all are <coughs> going to be pretty biased in what you think it's going to be, but you might be surprised. So anyway, we're going to be looking to publish that video next week. So be on the lookout. should be pretty fun. It'll be the first in a series of multiple inductions. Yes. And I will say, I will be looking sharper than I've been looking in a while because Whoa. I may or may not have dressed for the occasion. So should be pretty fun. That sounds legit. Anyway, should be a good time had by all. Um, and then I just wanted to point out, we've been posting a lot of blog posts lately and, uh, y'all should check them out. If you haven't checked out our blog, it's on our website. It's like a tab or something in there that you can check it out. But we've been posting lots of ink reviews, um, like Rouge Hematite, Diamond Shimmering Seas, Ink Studio 252 and 224, Sailor Yara and lots more things. So definitely check out our blog. Another thing that Rachel has done that you should probably pay attention to, we've got a lot of ink sample package sets on our store and she has gone in and freshened multiple is freshening them up. Yes, is freshening. There's a bunch she's working on. There's but... she's done like more than a dozen of these and yeah. she's added new colors, removed old ones, you know. So mm-hmm. even if you thought that like, oh yeah, I have the best blues, maybe you don't. Maybe you need the blues. Mm. So go check out our ink sample package sets because they might be ink sample package set that you once knew, version 2.0. There you go. All right. That's what we got. And we'll wrap this thing up. Well, we want to thank you all for watching. Please leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing and ask us some questions so we can answer them on future shows. Check out goodlypens.com for fountain pen, ink, paper, blah, blah, blah. YouTube, Instagram, subscribe to everything. 
All right, and my random fun facts. Oh, yes. That I'm realizing I didn't actually fully write out, but Just, I got a few little facts. Yeah. Um, so it, it was thinking about the, the tipping material right. for fountain pens. And, you know, a lot of generic nibs, not as much these days, but there are still some that says like Iridium Point Germany yes. or whatever. People think like, oh, it's it's all Iridium. It's not. In fact, these days, I would be surprised if there's any iridium in tipping. Um, so I just looked up a little stuff about iridium. So iridium is actually the second densest material in our terrestrial situation. Yeah, I've um, met some osmium, pretty dense people in my Osmium life. is the only other dense, the de- only denser material, I think. Well, okay. So that's part of why it wears so well. Um, but it's in like the platinum family. Um, and, uh, the iridium's abundance in the earth's crust is very low, estimated at 0.001 parts per million. That's how much iridium is out there. Not very much. No. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the pendant cast here, it basically comes from meteors that struck the earth millions of years ago. And we've kind of harvested a bunch of it. Um, there's not like veins of iridium anywhere. Um, there's this whole process. There's a great page on Wikipedia about it. And Encyclopedia Britannica has a good page on it too. If you are interested in like really learning more, it sort of melted my brain as I was trying to look into it. I heard somewhere that most of the iridium comes from like a single meteor. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one that they, um, comes from the Chicxulub crater or whatever, the ones they think killed the dinosaurs. Oh, really? That's basically like where a lot of it comes from. Yeah, I remember reading yeah. somewhere that like, you know, a high percentage, like 80% or something, you know, of the Earth's usable iridium comes from like a single source. I believe so. Because wow. it basically was like, yeah, a meteor, like yeah. one meteor that hit the Earth and maybe it broke apart a little bit and a few pieces of it went wild in various places. But this was a very, very long time ago. So that's kind of crazy, but it's, very very intense like it has like a it's like acid resistant you know even when you heat it up to like 2000 degrees celsius and stuff like that it's like it's it's an amazing material but yeah not very much of it so kind of cool so yeah that's among the family of metals that are used in fountain pen tipping material and i thought it was interesting because in uh i wish i'd looked up exactly where this was but i think it actually mentioned like being like of the uses that it has, it said like pen points or something like that was like one of the very specific things that it's used for. And I was like, Hey, pen that's, points. that's us, you know? And it was like catalytic converters and like high end, like racing spark plugs and stuff like that. Um, and there's like pen points and it's like, yay, that's us. Anyway, that's all I got. Random stuff. Iridium. It's cool. Look it up. And I think we have uh, taken enough of your time right now. But we'll be back next week. So thank you so much for watching and 